Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys, your neighborhood D&D podcast with five boys in a dungeon, or four boys in a dungeon boy who made the dungeon. Anyway, my name's Keith and I'll be your DM. Josh playing as forest gnome druid named Arlo. Eros playing a tiefling cleric. You're John. Oh yeah, I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> be quiet. But your character's named Eros. Yes, correct. Eros. Yes. And I'm Bryce, playing Jack Law, the Paladin High Elf. Yes. Sorry. I am uh, Zenus, playing as Grim, the Osimar Barbarian. John took so so long to decide what his name was, I thought Zenus had already gone. That's my bad. <laughs> All right. We are back in this thing. Let's do a re- re- brief recap of what happened last week. I can definitely do this one in, in five minutes. You completed the combat with uh, the, the giant scorpion. Uh, you were able to best the thugs in combat. They ran away. You were able to reclaim Kate Fullheart's scorpion kill. You went into town. She told you a few things about the thugs. The thugs in Melora's Quiver are extorting adventurers and shopkeepers alike. Melora's Quiver is a town of adventurers, uh, or a, you know, like kind of a shanty town where adventurers pass through on their way into the very dangerous Bone Mountains. Uh, you go into that town. Kate tells you that the thugs there are extorting people, but you guys have some preparations to do before she takes you into the Bone Mountains to try to find Moradin's tiny orb. Uh, and in that, ca- uh, in the seeking of getting ready, you guys went and did a lot of shopping last week, and then you ended up at the Krusty Crag, at a table with Kate Fullheart as she described a few things to you. She let you know that the thugs in town have a fortress where they not only have a safe full of gold, but also a wagon full of dinomite that you may need to blow a hole in an avalanche or a rock slide or whatever. Um, and you also, it was revealed that you have a map that can lead you directly to Moradin's tiny orb uh, because you got a magical map. And the last thing we ended on was Kate saying, we need a plan to grab this dynamite if you want the dynamite um, or the gold or both. Uh, and so now we find ourselves in a rowdy, raucous tavern uh, there are songs being sung. There's gambling being done in the back of the in the back of the uh, of the <coughs> tavern. You can hear the sound of dice rolling into a wooden arena box in the back. There are people cheering. There are punches being thrown. There are drinks being spilled. There's mutton. There's mutton chops being meat being ripped from bones out of people's mouths. There's a bartender with an eye patch. It's quite a scene. It's quite a vibe in the Krusty Crag. Um, and you are sitting at a table, and Kate has just said, we need a plan in reference to the thug hideout uh, with the safe full of gold and the wagon full of dynamite, and she says, yes, but we need a plan. And then she looks at the four of you expectantly as you all, glassy-eyed, <laughs> stare around the room. Just kidding. She does look at you expectantly with her hand out and the, uh, you know, fingers pressed together Italian style. Of course, that was a week ago. And Everybody she's, huddle. She's still trying to get something out of us. Yeah, she's just, she's begging you to say something. You sat there for an entire week. This is in real time. Yep. Well, so, 
If you can't see me, sorry, my hand's out. Does do either of the three of you have any ideas? Either of the three of us. <laughs> well, I mean, um, it seems pretty straightforward. We just got to, we just got to get in there, find what we're looking for, and get back out. You. Yes, but that that's that's quite an oversimplification, I believe. You flew over. Did you see what, what kind of layout does the building have? Passive perception eighteen. Did I pick up anything? Yeah, you 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 definitely picked up the the layout of this uh, of this place. And as you're describing that um, layout, which we will personify by putting a map on the board. Ooh. That you are that um, the owl bear thing that everyone should be able to see. Give me just a hair of a second. Got a fresh map. A fresh map, indeed. I have. So this is the overhead view of the of the um, thingamajigamabob. Is what Here's I'm trying there to say. No doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are effed. Grim can make a door. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, Arlo could make I could, a door. I wish I knew how to undo things. Arlo could probably burn the whole thing down. All right, so there's a few With things a that you didn't see. Um, Arlo, the top-down view, what you saw was inside this fortress, so there was a door. Let me go ahead and mark a door, obviously. Um, Arlo obviously, could take all of the stone walls and mold them into a giant door that surrounds the entire thing. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. This thing is about 300 feet across. It's a, it's a, it's a big fortress here. Uh, it's not 300. Let's call it two. It's about 200 feet across. It's about two feet across. <laughs> um, the door yeah. is at the bottom. The door is two big uh, palisade kind of uh, wooden doors on it that you saw from above. That building in the back, uh, you saw like little shanties, little tents that guys have set up, little shelters that they have set up inside of this place uh that's what all those squares are in there but the big square that i have in there is actually covered so you don't know what's inside there so essentially you saw a big rectangular fortress inside it were kind of haphazardly strewn about shelters where you assume that men sleep or hang around there are several campfires burning inside this fortress and you saw one large square building in the back towards the middle um, where, you know, you can assume whatever you want is in there. Go ahead and roll a retroactive perception to check. I don't remember what you rolled while you were flying over, but let's just roll one retroactively to see if there's anything else that you remember. It was a passive perception, 18, but actively looking, 21. All right, actively looking, 21. Um, <laughs> Shadow says, this task sounds simple enough, but I can never trust a task that seems too easy. Look, Arlo <laughs> is snapping into action here. Who knows what's about to happen. Smart move, smart move. Um, There was an undo button, actually, Shadow, so I was able to pull off the undo. Um, So the 21 shows you as well that you could count, as you flew over in the middle of the day, you could count somewhere around 15 to 20 dudes walking around in there. Hmm. As well... um, you saw two animal-like creatures. From your height, you couldn't tell them. You couldn't tell how big they are, but they look like large dogs, 
or possibly something else, but they, they had the shape of large dogs that were walking around in there. Um, Got it. So those are the things that you know about the uh, fortress from flying over. Pretty cool. Um, how thick are the walls, too? The walls are uh, 10 feet thick. Okay. Ooh, also with a 21. Excuse me, I almost forgot this part. On the northeast corner of the, uh, or northwest corner of the, of this uh, fortress, you saw, let's see if I can find an image that I like for it. A Panda of course, Express. Of course I cannot. You saw a mechanism on the northeast corner of the thing. Okay. And it looked to you like an alarm bell. Hmm. You also saw one of these inside at the southwest corner of the the um main little square in there. Okay. And also it's a quite a bummer. But anyone who's watching the show, I hope you enjoyed watching the three boys on the left. But that time has now come to an end. Did our <laughs> camera got, freeze? Yeah, you guys are frozen. Oh, no. But hey, at least we're looking fine. Yeah. Do you want me to try the thing where I unplug and replug? <clears throat> while the Didn't you say that messes off? up our recording? I've never tried it with the camera turned off. Oh, I mean, as long as it doesn't mess up the recording, we can try. There's no way to know until we do it. Oh. Um, I'd say let's just not go. Let's just not. Okay. Let's just not. I'm not, I'm not really into dealing with Zencaster's garbage today. I'm kind of ready for something else. I'll buy um, Zenus, it's up to you. You got to be looking, right. looking good enough for four people now. You got this. <laughs> yep. It's just, so All it's right. just, just, just three, <clears throat> right? They can still see you, Keith, right? Yeah, they can still see me. Oh, they can look at you? Yeah, they can see me. Oh, there you go, then. Say we can't see you, right? They can uh, definitely see me. All right, so instead of having you guys on camera, I'll just have text that describe who you should have been on camera, and then Zenus and I will look deep into the hearts of our viewers. I'm sorry you sprained your ankle in the skate park today, all gamings. That is a bummer. Ooh. But the stuff that you saw, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, the stuff that you saw. These look like possibly alarm bells. They're big, like dinner-looking bells with with a chain on them that looks as though you might ring it to alert people to your position. Okay. I so let them know that. Okay, as you how, let them know that... How tall are the walls, just before we keep going? How tall are the walls? Is sure, something like we could climb? Or? The walls are 20 feet tall, <laughs> and they are made of a smooth clay, uh, you know, smooth clay-like stone type material gotcha okay yes sir so you relay that information to the party and kate says yes yes i, I almost forgot let me tell you the things that i've learned as well you're right arlo there are at least two alarm bells inside of the fortress i've heard them ring once or twice before and when they ring uh thugs from all over town come running from from across from across town from down the street, they're 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 hiding in nooks and crannies, or off drinking, or doing whatever it is that they do. And when the bells ring, they they come running quickly or slowly or however fast that they can get out of what they're doing. Now, also, 
at nighttime, if you look around, because it's 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 grown to nighttime now. It's it's dark. Mm-hmm. He says, she says, if you look around you in here, what do you what do you see? And when you look around, you see several people that look as though they fall into this category. You these these thuggish looking dudes, big burly guys that are, you know acting aggressively they look as though they're outfitted in kind of the same gear as the guys you fought earlier etc etc and you guys see you know five or six or seven of these thug guys here in the bar and she says there's several of them that come here and and drink at night and I, i don't know if they do it in shifts every evening or or just the ones that want to go go but i know at nighttime the the fortress tends to clear out a bit and there's there's fewer men on guard inside the inside the fort because several of them are here and having a good time. Um, she says also uh, there is one hiccup that I don't know much about inside, and that's their leader. I haven't heard much about him, but I heard that he's quite a formidable fellow. I believe I've heard his name is Grunk. They talk about this man named Grunk that if they don't bring back a certain amount of money or if they forget to bring him a meal back from the bar when they're finished, that that, that Grunk's going to take one of their eyes or break break another one of their arms or something. He seems like a, a, a real salty dude, if you ask me. Uh, so I don't know what kind of man this he is, but I have to imagine if I've never seen him, he spends his time inside the fortress. So he may be someone we have to deal with as well. And so, one final thing is that I do know that at nighttime, about this time during the evening or a little bit later, there is a team of two of these men coming back from the edge of town uh, in the northeast where people leave to go into the mountains to do their adventuring and exploring. There are usually two people coming back with a wagon full of uh, taxes, they call them, uh, protection money, extortion extortion funds, whatever you want to call them. There are two men that wheel that wagon back at the, in the early evening, early nighttime, and they go into the fortress about the same time every evening, and we're approaching that time. So uh, as far as an option to get inside, that could be one as well. But that's about all I know from my time here is that the place clears out at nighttime. I've heard of a man named Grunk who seems to be quite formidable and there is a wagon headed back to the fortress more than likely right now that will gain entrance. That's uh, quite a bit of information to absorb. Yes. Well, I suppose I'll say it again. Any of you fellows have an idea of what to do next? Well, if it's got a door, it can be got in. Um, we can always go up over the wall, but we got to worry about the alarm. Yes. I definitely agree that the alarms will need to be dealt with first, or early on at least. How about Cisco? I think attacking at would be the best. And I, I'm inclined to agree with you myself. Um, 
couple things I want to want to present to the group. Why don't we take this day coming up on us and you can get your Poxy back. I remember Crone was working on Poxy before you. I think we're going to need as much as we can get while you get your Poxy yes. back. If he's finished. Well, I'm thinking maybe I can observe that alarm and find out how it works. If we yeah. can disable it or just not cause it to set off or whatever. I think perhaps you would be the best to fly up there and see if you can go about disabling it. Right. Also, if we can sow a bit of dissent amongst the ranks and take out a few of them, or at least disable a few of them before we get in there, we have a couple of brutes here that I assume are supposed to take some lunch back to their leader. Right. She just said they might lose an eye or a limb over not bringing something back. Hmm. What say we intercept them before we they reach their destination? So take their lunch then, right? Well, take the bandit leader's lunch. Oh. Wow. Okay. Make a compelling argument. Um. Melora has no time for those who choose to target her chosen people. Sounds I'm liking like where you're idea. going with this. What ha so you're saying we should take out a few of them on their way back then? Yes. And while it seems that the obvious way to get into the fortress would be to take the gold caravan coming back from the mountains, what if the caravan never showed up in the first place? They would send out a party to go and search for it, no doubt. That would decrease their numbers even further. If we can get more than half of them out, we may be able to storm it on our own. You ain't too worried that's going to stir up the anthill, so to speak? Well, yes, that would be bad, but if we're going to take something out of there, we're going to need to disable them either way. Dispersing them first would make it true. to people. <clears throat> right? Y yes, this is... I suppose if we we disturb the anthill over the whole town, it might be more more or less dangerous for us than disturbing the anthill only at the fortress and having them all converge on us. Uh, this this seems like a smart plan, Jack. Arlo, if we can get them out, could you seal the gate behind us? Yeah, I believe I could. I mean, it's not but the one gate, right? We could take the fortress, and then we'd have the upper hand in any battle. I like this idea. That is a fair argument. There's a what? Whoever goes after that caravan, though, may become a target. Well, not caravan. I guess it's just a wagon. I can volunteer for that one. If Unless you think my strength would be better used somewhere else. But if I attack that, that wagon <clears throat> and some more people show up, I think I would have one of the better chances of surviving that bout than the rest of you. There are two guards that take the wagon... Uh, so I believe you could deal with any two regular men. They always seem like regular Joe Schmoes to me. Yes. Then it shouldn't people, be a problem. They gain power from their organization and their numbers. They have no personal power of their own. They're not the, like the adventurers they prey on. So, so where is everyone going? <clears throat> 
Sounds like Grim is taking out the gold cart. I could join Grim to beat him out. more up if he does get job. Does have trouble. Yeah, you might want somebody to watch your back. I know you can handle yourself, Grim, but might be nice to have somebody there that can get you out of a scrape. I am hard to hit. That is true. If you want to come with me, I won't object. But what do you folks say to us uh, after we take that wagon? <clears throat> would you want me to regroup with you at the fort, or would you want me to stow it away somewhere else? Perhaps the the gold is taken from the adventurers of this town. Perhaps it could be redistributed? I don't know. Uh, draw some attention in some way, but you'd also have to find a way to get back to the to the fortress before we seal it. That is true. Perhaps. I don't know if we'd want to get back to the fortress at all. It seemed like they'd want to head back that way. Hide the gold, maybe, and leave the wagon as a decoy? Right. I like it. I like it. Mm. So well, I do. I am, I am sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> My my throat has been clear all day. Um, well, I do happen to have this uh, mimic right here, and I, I give my um my little bag of holding a pat. It it nuzzles against your body and goes. Mm-hmm. I don't think hiding the gold will be too much of a problem. You hear oh, yeah. it go. Mm-mm. I forgot about your new item. Yeah, bells up. And also, if I'm willing to shell out a bit more gold. Was it? um, If I'm willing to shell out a bit more gold, I'm sure I could find an item in this town that would help me get over those walls. No problem. Oh, don't worry about that. I can get you up over the wall. Yes, perhaps Arlo can, we can put down like a ladder that we can draw back up or a rope. No. Oh, yes, that would be good. He can just climb right up that wall. But then it's climbable. Well, no. I can make him climb like a spider bug. We've got all sorts of fancy new ropes to experiment with as well. Right, but I don't don't know about trusting that. I mean, tie a knot in and not come out. I don't know about that. That's fair. Arlo, if you want to do something to me to help me get over the wall, I will allow it. I will let you have your fun. I turn him into a pigeon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like to me, Grim and Grim and Eros. If if you, I'll, I'll point you in the direction of the wagon if you want to go ahead and get going, and then the three of us will decide on our plan as well to take the fortress. I assume our goal is to also get the dynamite. Correct. Yes. Explosive power and great wealth are quite an interesting pair. The dynamite is inside the fortress, correct? Yes. So we're after explosive wealth and great power. Yes. Got it. So, Arlo, you will take out the alarm devices so they can't recall the troops before we clear them all out. Right. And Kate... You and I can harass anyone who's outside as we work our way back to the fortress. Very well. We'll happily harass with alongside you. 
Somebody need a poke tree for this, or we good? That's up the grim. Well, if we're going to do this, we need to do it now because the wagon is on the way. The wagon with the gold is on the way back to the fortress, or unless we want to wait until tomorrow evening, which we could do. Uh, rest would never hurt, but if we want to move now, I'm fine. Arlo, are your magics fully charged? Not fully, but I believe I can slip out for a bit and inspect that alarm and get a little bit of a rest before we jump back in at Mori. A cursory inspection would probably do us good, and then we'll enact the plan tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. Sound real fine to me. Sounds good to me as well. I am down with that. Right. We got a plan. Gentlemen and lady, I think I'm going to head out and go check out that alarm. All right, so you I'm stand up and, down and whatever leave. beverage I got. Okay, <laughs> Arlo downs his stein of of ale and leaves the room, leaving the four of you left at the table. I'm going to take this opportunity quickly to say hello to Trollhammer. Thank you so much for coming into the stream. It was a pleasure to raid you the other day. D and D is definitely an acquired taste for anybody who's tuning in, but I appreciate you uh, coming by. Uh, mainly play video games on the channel, but this is our D&D podcast called Dungeon Boys that we record. So um, always a little bit odd to jump in in the middle of it, but glad to have you here. appreciate you coming by and saying hello. As well, Hale, thank you for being here. Um, all right, so Arlo leaves the building and um, the, leaves the four of you at the table. Let's follow Arlo around and see exactly what he does while the four of you get a chance to, I guess, have a conversation or do something else in the in the tavern together while Arlo is gone. So let's follow Arlo. Arlo, you are on the front steps of the Krusty Krag. What do you do? It's nighttime. Sorry, excuse me. Real quick description. It is nighttime. The stars shine above you. The town is lit with dim flame all around. There are people walking the streets. Some are stumbling, finished already with a night of drinking and revelry. Some are just beginning. The town is still a bustle with life. Cool. I'm going to head in the general direction of the fortress, kind of that back wall. I'm I'm kind of like just, I want to make a full walk around to see if I notice anything else besides just one big door. Okay. And to see if I notice like that bell, whatever, alarm, like is it manned? Do they have people looking out? What's going on? Absolutely. So you walk down the street. A couple or several yards down the street, probably one to two hundred yards down the street, away from the Krusty Crag, and finding yourself approaching the fortress from the from the west. Um, the door, the wall with the door. Uh, you are walking up toward it. You are walking towards the short left side of this thing. Um, so you're now at the southeast corner, and you look up the twenty foot walls. And it's hard to really see anything up there. Um, it's you, you can't really see anyone from this very spot walking the walls. Uh, but if you go ahead and make around the uh, go around the fortress and look around, you definitely do see at least one or two guards patrolling the walls of the fortress. Um, you know, not they don't have eagle eyes, but they are trying to be attentive. Are they at top of the walls or outside of the walls? They are the top of the walls. They are walking along these walls. Okay. All right. So I guess we got that. I am going to, I guess I'll find a, a nearby building. I want to kind of duck out of like eye shot of anybody who might be looking. Absolutely. And I want to become an owl. 
All right, you duck out of you duck into an alcove, a little alleyway, uh, where it's dark. You can hear the sounds of of babies crying in the distance and um, families bedding down for the evening. Uh, and you quiet yourself in the dark and do whatever magical thing you do, and you become an owl. Very cool. So because you're a druid, right? So I'm gonna fly over the whole thing. I want to make a full circuit on the inside to see if I notice uh, where the fires are, where like most of the of the light would be, I guess. Okay. Um, so that I could tell tell them, and I want to head back towards where the um, it's it's shown on the map like the little gear. I guess that's on the southwest corner of that inside building. Mm-hmm. I want to head back that way and just land somewhere nearby and kind of eyeball it, see if I see how it works, what it is, and what does it do. Okay. All right. So first order of business, you want to fly to the inside? Uh-huh. All right. So you fly into the inside and do a round. Roll some perception for me just to see what all you see. Woohoo! Uh, it is a nine. A nine. Okay. So as you fly around, things are moving. You're an owl. You're newly oh, an on. owl. I have advantage. Okay. 20, not natural. A not natural 20. Okay. So you're flying around and you do notice I'm putting up these little tokens that look like green trees. There's no fire token. So okay. That'd be fine. I'm showing you where all the, the fires seem to be lit for these different places. Okay. And how, how wide is this whole building, courtyard, whatever you want to call it? It is the 200 feet, my friend. 200 feet wide and like 150 tall? or um, Actually, based on this thing, let's call it 115 feet. Oh. Or no, there, yeah, there's a ruler. So Okay. So 115 um, wide, because it's like a little bit shorter on the, on the vertical. Let's call it 120 wide. Mm-hmm. And eighty, uh, eighty tall. Okay, and the other little room. And that one is, it's twenty. It's a it's twenty by thirty room. Like a twenty by thirty. Okay. Yeah. All right. And do I? I check out that little inner alarm piece. What do I see? All right, so you go down there into the bell. The both these bells are exactly the same. They're okay. just manual. There's just a bell on a tower with a chain attached to it for yanking on. Um, you could see that you know inside the bell is a whatever you call that thing that's inside of a bell that the the uvula of the bell or whatever that <laughs> uh, swings back and forth and hits the metal to make the noise you, it is just a straight up bell that's on a on a pole there's one here um, and there is one um, Josh I'm gonna make you into this leaf into this little leaf token real quick that's essentially all that I am you're just a leaf token a leaf on the wind um. And so, so it's we'll low say, tech, just a straight up bell. Like, is there a dude standing there at all times, or is it just there? Like, somebody no, it's just it. It seems to be just available. There are people walking around. Um, you you so far have counted twelve men here tonight, uh, not counting whoever may be inside that building, if anyone. Um, and they're walking around this area, kind of chilling. Some of them are you know dazed from a day's work. Some of them are barely standing up. They're so tired. 
Uh, some of them are already asleep, from what you can tell. Um, they're yeah. going in in and out of tents, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so twelve dudes, but two hulking creatures that seem to be keeping to the shadows and out of the light that you've seen mm-hmm. in your flyover, uh, and that are currently alerted to your presence, hmm. sniffing a little bit, mm-hmm. are two giant hyenas. Cool, cool. That are hanging around in the northern part of this fortress. You're on the ground, I assume? On the currently? ground. No, I was just like perching somewhere near because I was eyeballing that bill. All right, let's call it you're on the t- corner of this tent. These two hyenas with a very high sniffy ability mm-hmm. are a little bit concerned that an owl is inside. But you right. can tell there are definitely two giant hyenas hanging out inside this fortress as well. Okay. Giant hyenas. Are they restrained in some way or are they just walking they around are, freestyle? They free range, baby. Free roaming hyenas. They yeah. are... So- the the thugs have somehow gotten this hi, these hyenas to be their buds. Okay, and then two last things I want to glance at before I make my valiant return and nappy time. Yep. What does the entrances and exits look like on the little wee building that I can't see inside, and on the front gate? All right, the front gate are two big like palisade doors that open just like big. Is that what I... I don't think a palisade is what I'm thinking it is. Just like two big French doors. Are they like wooden? Are they iron doors? They're they're big wooden doors with iron straps on them. Iron doors, wooden straps, drawbridge style. Got it. Big giant door. Very drawbridge, very medieval. And then inside this little... What we're going to call the garage Mm -hmm. is actually one large sliding barn door on the front. Okay. That's this thing. I guess so. That's that's the building I can't see inside, right? Correct. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, the doors are shut, but I'm drawing lines here that show you where that sliding barn door is. So it's just to slide them open. Got it. Yep. Okay. Did he identify what that gray thing was in the corner of that? It has a roof on it, so he can't see inside. Okay. I can't see inside. I'm just checking out what the actual structure is. I didn't know if that was like a thing on top of the roof. Arlo is assuming that that is going to be where the the main event of stuff is going to be and not in the little flimsy tents. So just making that assumption. Um, And there's no windows, right? Correct. No windows. No windows. Okay. How is the, um, how is the door secured like the front door the big one the door does not seem to be secured from the outside okay so it's just a door that's just push close which door excuse me the big door oh the big door yeah, yeah. from the inside there there's a, a wooden beam um okay. behind it so on the inside got it okay with that information i would like to fly out fly about and just see if I see any other um, any other roaming thugs, I guess. Just kind of make note of like where they seem to be around town at these okay. hours of the morn. You fly out and fly about, as you so aptly put it. And um, I was going to ask 
communicate something that it may answer both him and my question. Can we cut back to like the tavern for a minute? Absolutely. Let's cut back. Yeah. That's all I'm doing is just making note of where all the significance is. Sure. And then Before I'm you ask that now. question, we have two ans- uh, things in the chat real quick. A bell uvula is called a clapper. Uh, and Hale asked, what is a natural number versus not, when there's an easy place to answer that? A natural number, so when someone says, I got a natural 20, it means they rolled the dice and it landed on a 20. Um, And the reason you would declare that a 20, like let's say you got a 20 that was not natural, you received that 20 with an addition of your modifiers from your character. And the reason you'd have to separate that out is because a natural 20 is a success, no matter what. If you roll a 20... On the, if you roll a twenty and the or roll a dice and the dice says twenty at the end, whenever it stops, you you succeeded in what you wanted to do. But if you roll an unnatural twenty, uh, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, just a really good roll. Yeah, it, it is not an unreasonable thing that you succeed on though. If you attempt to fly and you can't fly, but you get a nat twenty, you probably have like the best jump of your life. Mm-hmm. But you didn't fly. Right. Yeah. On the flip flop, you succeeded as far as it is possible to succeed. Right. And on the flip flop, a natural one is a critical failure. It's like it absolutely crashes and burns. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, to clarify what I meant, so a difficulty class for, let's say, and my armor, I gave you a villain and the armor class is 25. There's no way you can naturally roll a 25 to, you know, get a critical hit on that person. But if you roll a natural 20, you do hit that guy. Otherwise, you'd have to have modifiers. Like if you roll a 19, you need a plus 6 to get that done. Hopefully that makes sense, Hale. We want to be at least somewhat educational, so to help understand. Hale says thank you. Wonderful. All right. We now find ourselves back in the tavern. Kate sits at the table with Eros, uh, Jack Law, and Grimm. And Jack seems as though he has something to say. Kate, while Arlo is out searching, he may find this, but I'd wonder if you would know firsthand, do the thugs have any other refuges throughout the cities? Perhaps like a warehouse or any place they keep other things? That would make I an don't... excellent distraction if we could set it ablaze. I don't think they have any other places in the in the city. They were fairly widespread and made their... They, they arrived and from what I know, they arrived and made their camp outside the city for the longest time until they made enough money from all their dastardly behavior to gain the supplies to build their fortress in the middle of town. And that part of town has kind of just built up around them uh, over the last, it seems, several months. But I don't believe they have any other special places that they hide things here in town. Even outside of the city? You said they were directly outside the walls? Not, not that I know of. I, I, I'm saying that when they, when they first arrived months ago, when they began to, you know, the the worst of the worst here began to get band together uh, as a bit of a mob. They used to just stay in tents outside of town until they gained the money for resources to come into town and, you know, start taking control and building a fortress. Very well. Well, I suppose we can't make it too easy. <laughs> I suppose not. Just at that moment, Arlo flies back Arlo towards. To. <laughs> yeah, just at that moment, Arlo flies back to the Krusty Crag um, after his very quick jaunt. Uh, as he flew around town, Arlo, you probably spotted 
between eight and ten other you know grimy dudes walking the streets at any given place um whether they were ambling out of homes or you know whatever just kind of living their lives um but you do you did see about five or six maybe seven more people wandering it's around on your flight back lives living in the gangsters paradise <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they were thugs. I had you. Okay, so I, I'll, before I go in, I guess I'll I'll re-arloify myself instead of being a okay. owl, um, so I can talk to everybody. So uh, I'm gonna come in and just resume my spot. I guess it's taking I don't know 45 minutes an hour. I don't know. Gotcha. Sure. Years later, right? <laughs> <laughs> they all came back to celebrate the anniversary that Arlo went missing. <laughs> Yeah, is there anything else that you guys would have wanted to do while he was gone? I can't think of anything. I have some further details to try and hash out with everybody, but I'd probably wait till the whole group is there anyway. Okay, let's say during um, that... Go ahead, Drim. Uh, <laughs> is there... You said that some people were, like, uh, fighting and whatnot. Is there any, like... Uh, kind of gambling going on with that or is it just people being rowdy no it, the the fighting was just people being r- rowdy but there were definitely some dice rolling in the back of the uh in the back of the tavern i don't know no i was looking for a um an opportunity for grim to test his metal kind of like yeah. in that first little place we went to but yeah no sanctioned boxing match here but it, it probably you probably have not done your last boxing match we'll say that would be a cool. And that was it. It would. Boxing yeah. tournament. <laughs> kind of like Mortal Kombat, but it's boxing against the gods. <laughs> we could all be the roadies. Somebody's got to be the manager. Yep. Arlo. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm good as far as anything that went on while Arlo was out on his joyride. Okay. <laughs> let's say. Go ahead, Eros. What? He said he's good, too. Yeah. Okay. So let's say while he was gone, you guys enjoyed the musical stylings of a bard that were there. Um, and also, there was another comedian that got up and told some nasty jokes that, that you all thought were kind of funny. Um, and Arlo comes back in at the end of that guy's set, and he comes back and sits back down at the table. So, Arlo, what what did you learn? Uh, well, the sophisticated alarm system appears to be... Just a bell. I mean, they got a big one and a little one, but just seems to just seems to be a bell. Not a lot going on. They do have a couple folks walking around, just kind of doing their own thing. There's some bonfires in there, kind of cast about. I'll try to draw out a little map for you, show you where the the spots are to avoid with all the light in them if we're going in at nighttime. But I got to be honest, there's a couple of big old uh, hyenas just walking around in there. Um, like they own the place pretty much. Uh, you know, they ain't real secured on nothing. They're just free roaming, and uh, that might cause a little bit of a difficulty. Who knows? I mean, shouldn't be too bad. Shouldn't be. It shouldn't be anything we couldn't overcome. But still. Yes, this is good information, and I've I've seen you all handle yourselves in combat, so I have the utmost faith. Yeah, and they got this big old building in there. Can't can't see what's up in there but uh just a big old slider door on it i'm guessing that's where they put all that dynamite and such um don't know they got a bunch of flimsy old tents in there but i don't think they'd put it in there how steady uh, did the building look i mean 
I mean, it looked like a building. Keith, can I just kind of roll back the old fog of time on my brain meat and wonder? Yeah, yeah, it's like a wooden structure in there. Or wooden? It's wooden? Okay. Yep. Okay. Boy, sure would be bad if that wooden building caught fire. <laughs> well, the wooden building with our dynamite in it? And gold. Man makes point. I'd be more but, concerned with wiping this whole town off the map if all that dynamite caught fire. That's why I said well, that certainly would be exciting. I don't want to go with it. <laughs> well, and then other than that, I mean, they just got one big old door. I see. Saw a couple guards around town, but they didn't look like they was up to much. They just seemed like they was doing their own thing. So, no. I'm thinking... I'm thinking it might be the right idea to go in at nighttime. Seemed like, seemed like we was right. Not a whole lot going on at night, and uh, everything's kind of quiet. I don't know. They seem pretty secure in their own in their own safety. Um, I don't think a lot of people tend to mess with them so much. So, uh, I think a nighttime approach might be the way to do it. That would make sense, and uh, probably early evening before the uh, carriage with the gold gets back. Right. Right. Now, Grim, you still have... Nope, I don't know about that. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) What don't you know about? The mask. The mask? Mask of many faces? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right, I'll I'll play it this way. Okay. Arlo, do you have any way of disguising Grim after he uh, takes care of our bandit friends that are extorting money out of adventurers well i mean i could but i mean he's got he's got the mask you remember so i mean he should be all right mask mask nope i don't think jack would know about that um also i should not speak of that so loudly in this place or anywhere for that matter um jack i have a means of becoming another person so to speak you say it shouldn't be discussed here, then I will leave it at that. But what do you think of, after procuring the wagon, returning on foot, uh, disguised as one of the bandits, but a bloody and broken version to warn the others? See if you can stir them up and get as many out on the look, uh, out on searching for the lost caravan as possible. Perhaps tell them that a I could do that. rogue adventuring party took it, something that would require a great deal of the members to deal with. I certainly could do that. I was pondering how to do that or, or, or something similar myself. Um, uh, that is possible. Uh, Arlo, did you see any small guards? <laughs> In, I... I don't really recall. I mean, I saw a bunch of tents oh, yeah. and whatnot, but I mean, I saw a few people, but I think everybody else is kind of just bed and down. Yeah, I don't think I can disguise myself then. Hmm. Well, you got a, you got a disguise, you, you got your disguise thing with you. You said you was a spy, right? No, no, but I don't think they would hire a small child to do this. Perhaps the magic will disguise your height as well. Could be. Yeah, the mask what Grim has uh, might be the mask what Grim has might do the trick. 
and then I wink very loudly. Very loudly. <laughs> wink. Eros, if you're going to come with me, I have you covered. You you will not need to worry about a disguise. Because I can disguise myself as anything. Just can't really make myself smaller or taller. Tell you one all. thing. If you, Graham, wink. If your skies make you look like somebody, his might be able to make you look all roughed up. I, Eros, I once turned a snake man into a dwarf. I don't think changing you into something different will be too much trouble with what I have. I I was just curious. Thank you, Grim. Big man's got a point. Of course. Mm-hmm. Still we will look out for our own. Okay. Well, I think it's all well and good. What time we all kick this off? Because I, I don't know about you, but I think I need a little bit of nap. I believe tomorrow evening is the best time to do this. Yes, I believe tomorrow around dusk would be our perfect timing. Um, yes. Where did where did Kate say the thing came in? The uh, in the North- northeast side of town. It all sounds good to me. Um, we sleeping here, or ought to go find a nice hole to crawl up in. Um, I believe that this place has more than comfortable enough beds. Yes, I, I, I believe they have open rooms. I'm going to get some food and turn in for the night. I believe the same of myself. Good night, boys. It's been a pleasure planning a heist with you. Good night, Kate. Yeah. I'm excited to see it come to fruition. Barlow looks each and every one of them in the eye and makes a loud wink <laughs> one last time. I will go see, wink, I guess so I'll go see the barkeep, innkeep, whatever about getting a room. So. Okay. Jack doesn't He's going to go sit by the hearth and sort of meditate a bit. Okay. I think the concept of a paladin who doesn't sleep just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Keith, do you want to, in his meditation, have any interaction with the Hexblade at this point? Or, um, have you, you want to prepare a little bit more on that? Um, send me a brief, a, a quick text uh, and remind me exactly what we discussed because I remember vaguely and I'm happy to do it. And I just it, it escaped my planning phase today. Let's just um, wait for another time then. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll say this, everybody goes to bed, uh, everybody, you know, you goes, you guys go and find your rooms and, and the, the barkeep, despite being a big bald dude with an eye patch, is actually a, a pretty lovable character. Very kind to you. Make sure that you have, has all, you have all the things that you need and, and you all turn in for the evening, except for Jack who sits alone, who sits alone next to the fire. Um, who sits alone next to the hearth as people begin to clear out in, in a rocking chair and he begins to meditate uh, as he looks into the flames. And as he looks into the flames, he feels a... You, you excuse me, Jack, feel a, a drawing to a power that feels very far away but also feels as though it's attached to you in some way. And you follow that thought briefly... Or at least it feels like briefly. It feels as though you follow that thought for a brief moment. 
the this power that is tethered to you, but from a great distance, possibly even worlds away, and you're confused by it, and you seek it out a bit, um, and just as you feel as though you're making some progress, you hear the crowing of a rooster outside, and the sun is coming up, and morning is approaching, and the night is over, despite it only feeling like moments. Before that... Go ahead, Graham. Uh, no, I was just going to say that. That sounds very much like uh, Gandalf when he's sitting at the um, at the fire, <laughs> just like just thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I love the visual on that one. That's cool, Keith. Okay. I good. give you DM inspiration. Woo! Thank you. God, I miss sitting around a table with you all. DM inspiration, you can trade it in for one free. You can misspeak, and I won't go... <laughs> Drim. <laughs> good yeah I, I did think that earlier when you said drim like really we're gonna fixate on drim <laughs> that's so close to the right sound <laughs> but it's just the fact that the g could be pronounced with the j sound as in some other words and you yeah. said drim hmm. all right i was just gonna say before before i bed down i want to do arlo's thing that he's always done with master briar the person who raised him as mm-hmm. uh, whenever we go to new places, if the people are good and everything, I want to do. I want to cast plant growth. Oh, right. And I'll just I'll keep that going uh, into the night, and um, everything within a half mile radius, um, they double their double the yield when it's harvested. So okay, I don't think there's a whole lot going on plant wise, but it just enriches the whole area. Gotcha. I'll say this, whenever you all find yourselves on the porch the following morning of the Krusty Krag, um, it's it's very, this, this if any of, any of you have ever been in a campground, which I know all of you have, um, or like a, a place where transient people, whether intentionally transient or accidentally transient people are, like, it's just a different kind of vibe, you know, it's like, everybody knows that this isn't home for really anyone, mm-hmm. and it, that, that's how this town wakes up in the morning. It's like, oh, I guess you're still here, and the, the, the sun, I guess, has risen again on this place. It's just got that campground transient vibe as, the, as, as, as if anything is possible when the sun comes up and, and the, the, the tiny bit of dew is, is on the sand outside, um, if that's even a thing. And Arlo, when you walk outside, you can hear off in the distance, you can hear the sound of a, of a young boy saying, Mother, it seems my tomato bush is finally sprouted. A little smile is upon Arlo's face. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Just a person, yes, or? yes. It's if really I was a giant smile. person, like you giant, freakishly huge people, I would have a giant smile. <laughs> <laughs> my small stature, I do with what I've got. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so you you guys all come downstairs. Arrows, how was your evening? Do, do you are you used to sleeping alone in hotel rooms or as a as a young man? What 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 was the night like for you? It was very good. It was like always how you go to the hotel. It's unusual, hard to sleep when it's not you your usual bed. So, okay, it's fine. How is how is Eros dealing with being with these three adults of different races that he's never met before? How's how, where's his head at? 
Oh, he's always just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm still gonna, I don't know how I'm still alive. Like, he's always just like, great. Another okay. adventure for Oliver. So he's, that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's he's just riding the wave of everybody. Okay. Uh, I so wake up. Got... Oh, sorry. So when I whenever I see uh, Arlo, I I shout good morning, uh, Arlo. Good morning. Did you sleep well? I slept like pretty good. Oh. One of the magnets <laughs> fell off my uh, whiteboard. Gotcha. I slept pretty good. How did you sleep, Arlo? Oh, fairly good. I think it's time to find something to eat, though. Where's mm-hmm. the where's everybody else at? I don't know. Over here. Oh. I'm still oh. in front of the heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to You don't sleep that much. What, uh, what you been up to? Um, not, not much. Keith, did I get uh, like a sense of where the thing was coming from, or was I was it morning before I could figure out where the? It was morning before you could figure it out. By the time you even had a grip on what was what was happening, it the time had passed. Gotcha. I think I'm still experiencing a bit of aftershocks from being ported into this world of yours. You think that's what happened? Nightmare. It's. No, not a nightmare. I don't really sleep, as it were, but oh. something something was bugging me all night. I, I can't quite figure out what it was. What it, what it feel like? Powerful something. Like, well, that's what made me think perhaps it had something to do with the, the planium that you set off before I got here. I didn't do nothing about no planums, but, uh, I was certainly there. I don't. I, I didn't have no powerful sleep last night. I don't know. I feel like it's only been moments since I last saw you all. Well, um, better keep an eye on that. Yes. But, uh, what you think? You ready for the day? Oh yes, I'm perfectly well rested. All right. Where's the where's old Grim at? Grim, roll a Constitution saving throw for me. Ooh, or die. me? Yeah. Okay. While I'm wondering where Grim is uh, at, I've explained to uh, Arrows that, you know, oh, you know, but it's an elf thing. He don't sleep that much. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, uh. Hey, can I have 30 seconds to take Juice out? He's sniffing around and going towards the door. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Sorry about this. I'll be right back. That's I'll okay. I'll tell Grim. Whatever. I'll tell Grim what happened. Autopilot. Uh, I got. A twenty-seven. A twenty-seven. So, Grim, you you slept soundly, but you had relatively non-stressful dreams about floating through that void, that gray void that you experienced when you were teleporting um, here with Justine, as well as the that inside that gray explosion, that gray and purpley explosion that you were in. You had you had. Peaceful and non-stressful, but somewhat confusing dreams of floating through that void that you can't exactly place why you had them, but you were that was all you dreamed about all night was just being in that void, unable to get a footing, unable to get a handhold, unable to push yourself in any direction. Uh, okay. I gotta go pee. I just follow anyone 
everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Yeah, so what we're going to do here is we're going to take... Grim, I assume you're headed to the store. Back yeah. to Poxy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. I want to take Grim to the... Uh, to check on Poxy and to get a few, like, potions and, and things like that. But um, he's also... Grim has usually been a person to, like, just kind of snap to when it when the sun comes up. Like, he's just... He goes to bed, and then he just he just wakes up and just immediately, like, starts his day. But he's... I guess uh, the dreams also kind of add to it, but he's still... He's, he's kind of confused about the whole situation, but he's, you know, he's rolling with the punches, so to speak. So he's got... Um, he like he wakes up and he kind of just takes his time to get moving and, and collect his thoughts. Like he's not he's not as quick to dress himself. He's more he's more uh, subdued and and just kind of thinking through and trying to put everything together. Okay, we're building quite a picture here this morning. Thank you, Hale. I did not draw this picture, but it is a beautiful tavern picture. Um, and again, thanks anybody who's hanging out with us tonight. Appreciate you. Um. So, so before the party splits or anything, do we does Grim like come out? Do we see him? Do we interact with him at all? Or is he just like I'm diving out the window? No, he's gonna he kinda comes down, but he only like greets you in passing and uh and lets he just uh as he's what does he say? He's like he, he walks over to you guys and he says like um if you need me, I'll be in the market. Uh, otherwise, you may you may find me later in the day. I just want to like, and then he just a, kind of put a hand out like in front of his leg or whatever. I guess that's all I can read. <laughs> and uh, oh, hang on a second. And I, I hand him, uh, I pass him a hundred gold, and I just nod and I say, "From Burb." Uh, thank you, although I, I appreciate it. I'm. I will try to do uh, do good with this. Uh, Consider it a blessing from Burb. Yeah, I know that Burb would have wanted to make sure we was all looking after each other. So, you know, yes. if we if we see him again, I hope we see him again. I'm back. Well, I was back too. Sorry, you may continue. <laughs> if we see him again, if we if we if we ever catch up with him wherever he might be, we'll have to repay him. But I think this is what he'd want. Yes. I, I hope we find him as well. That that will definitely be a priority as we move forward, I think. And then okay. Jim is gone. All right. So I want to just tell me what you want to do today. I am going to have a character interaction with Grim and uh, Krong briefly, but we don't have to do a whole nother market day today. So uh, the other three of you guys, let me know what it is you plan to do with your day before you meet back up at dusk. And we'll decide the outcome of that briefly here. Unless it's something that we do need to do, of course, and we will. Um, for me, I just want to buy health potions and check on Popsy. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to... You and Krong are about to have a conversation, but I'm talking about the other, oh, okay, gotcha. the other three boys. I just want to find the best way to get as many people out of the compound as possible. Okay. Gotcha. Uh... I wanted to check out the smithing and see what kind of leather armor he has. Okay, so you, you're you following Grim to the smithy then. Do you have money for leather armor? Uh, I have $160 gold. I think that'd be good for some parts. 
and I am I am trying my best to see what defenses I can weaken on the Thug Fortress Coliseum, whatever you want to call it. Um, okay. Just going in sapper style. I'm just seeing what I can do to kind of lay down some groundwork for this evening. All right. Uh, Jack and Arlo will go ahead and roll. Jack, you're trying to do some thinking roll, I guess, some investigation. And I guess Arlo also roll an investigation roll, please. Okay. Just to try to expedite this process. Expediate it. Investigation? Mm Mm-hmm. 20. Nat 20. 20 plus nothing. Perfect. I got a 16. A 17 minus 1. All right. A 16 is a 17 minus 1. Perfect. So let's start with Arlo. Arlo, as you circle around the fort, um, you hear the the feeding of oh, my wife has joined me in the room. Ooh. Um, she's looking in the closet for something. Um, you hear the feeding of your wife? You hear the feeding of the hyenas happening early in the morning. Um, you can hear them. You can you can hear them tossing some some large pieces of meat. You can hear thugs calling out, bring me that steak and (laughs) tossing meat. And you can hear it being torn apart by these hyenas, um, near the back of the fort. And, uh, at the back of the fort, you can tell that there's a, there's a, a kind of mud puddly kind of area at the back there in the back left corner. So the North, we'll call it the Northwest corner. Corner you by can the tell alarm? Hmm? Corner by the alarm? Yeah, the corner by the alarm. And you can tell there's a kind of a place with standing water where this place is, of course, meant to be made out of dry clay and stone, um, uh, uh, you know, hardened out of this mud, whatever stuff they've made it out of. There's a there's a wet spot at the bottom that seems like a, a place that could be weaker than other spots um, because it is it has some standing water there. But other than that... Um, you don't see anything beyond what you had normally seen uh, with your flyover. Okay. Jack, you kind of walk the walk around the town, do a do a perimeter shake. None of you know exactly where Kate is today, uh, but you don't have any reason to be worried about her. But you're walking around, and as you pass through the market, you notice that there is one large stall that's run by two thuggish gentlemen. They look as though they've come from the same place. You can, they're easily identifiable by their clothing and, and weapons. Uh, and there's a stall that you can tell is selling what looks to be animal part or like monster parts and kind of rusty beat up weapons and a few different things. You can tell that this place is they're hawking stolen goods. Uh, but there are several people who don't have a whole lot of money who are coming by to buy these cheap items that these thugs are stealing. So you can you find at least one operation outside of the fort where there's thug activity going on that they might find important. Who knows? All right. Cool? Yeah. All right. Now, Eros and Grimm approach Krong's stall. Uh, and Grim, roll a perception check for me, please, young man. Will do, Captain. Krong is a vendor from last week. He's a blacksmith. I got one. 
A natural critical critical fail. Yeah. Okay. Um, arrows. Why don't you roll it for me? Roll one for me. That sucks. That's the luck of the draw, though. Am I right? It's the luck of the draw. Six. Six. Okay. All right. No big deal. Moving on. Krong says, Well, well, well. If it isn't the man what holds the pokesy. When, when of course, I'm, I'm not holding it. Grim, it is. I see you've come back to see what work I've done on your, of your darling lass here. Astute as always, sir. Yes, I, I have come to see that. I have been known to be astute once in a while. Well, let me tell you what's not astute. That's Poxy. She's sharp. She, uh, well, I'm here I guess too. Oh, hello, young man. Good to see you again, Mr. Redskinned Horny Boy. Thank you. Shouldn't have said that. That's an odd thing to say. You want to uh, use that uh, DM inspiration? <laughs> or do we uh, want to talk about this? <laughs> let's, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Chat, please don't clip that or quote that. Thank you. <laughs> um, hello there, young man. Good to see you. Uh, sometimes I apologize. Sometimes I face I say things before I think, and it's a bit embarrassing. I apologize. Um, it's okay. I swear. Okay, good. Thank you, young man. Appreciate you and your business, by the way. Um, but Poxy, back to the matter at hand. He picks up the the trident, pokesy, and hands it back to Grim. Um, <laughs> Spars says, "What's on the internet is forever on the internet." <laughs> <laughs> um, he hands pokesy back to you, and he says, "There wasn't, there wasn't anything I could do to make her any more magical. She's, she is um, efficient, but." She is what she is. She's not enchanted, I apologize. But I was able to sharpen her, give her a little more fortitude, if you will. So when you stab and when you slice, it ought to make them bleed just a little bit more. Hey, Grim? Well, that is good. That is more than I could have asked for. Splendid. How much damage does that thing do right now? Well, see, that's the thing. Um... <laughs> it's a it's a versatile weapon, which I didn't realize. So, it, single handed, it does one d six. Yeah. And then two handed, it one d eight. One d eight. He says. Um, he says. I imagine this thing here will probably do. Uh, it might do double the damage it used to do, brother. It's. It, I made it quite strong. It's strong, strong, brother. Mm. <laughs> That is quite a feat indeed. But of course, I had to use some of my most valu- my most uh, valuable resources, and I'm running a business here. This it's going to cost you a hundred gold. I just imagine if I don't pay it, he just takes pokes and shatters it on his knee. <laughs> it's just, crap! <laughs> no play, no no pay, no play, eh? Um. No, yeah, I uh, I happily hand him the hundred gold that Arlo gave me earlier. Um, that is a fair price indeed. Nothing you've ever made me so far has been uh, subpar, so you are well worth it, sir. Splendid. He takes one last look at his beloved trident, Poxy, and he says, 
my beautiful girl. Off again into the world. Go. Do that voodoo that you do so well. <laughs> I'm certain that you will see her again at some point. At this point, you are the only one I trust to work on her. I look forward to it, my boy. I look forward to it. Now, young man. Yes. What with the red skin and all. What can I get you? You got? Uh, you have a taste for anything any of my wares? You got any special leather armor? Uh, special in that it is handmade by the one and only Krong, making it indeed Krong strong. Uh, yes. That might make it special, sure. You're in, the, you're, you're in the market for some leather armor then? Yes. Very well. Are you currently wearing armor? Uh, yes. Okay, but not leather armor. Uh, studded leather armor. I think that's better than leather armor. Oh, Are well you then... trying to drop down? No, no, I thought it was just regular armor. Regular leather armor. I didn't see studded, my bad. Uh, okay. t- do you have any studded leather armor? You're wearing that, aren't but you? But you're currently I- you're wearing it. Well, I thought you would like have a better enchantment one. He might, he might. He might. Okay. Tell me what your tell me what your armor does. Uh, my armor gets a plus twelve dex dexterity modifier. Okay, yes. twelve plus dexterity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. We'll say, All right. Dang, plus twelve. Yeah, yeah. I think I have just a thing for you, young man. And because I said such a dastardly accidental thing to you earlier, I'm prepared to show you. I'm prepared to re- reveal to you. Some of the most special wares I have. <laughs> and he pulls out, he pulls out uh, some some leather armor with plenty of studs, and he says, "This armor here is indeed enchanted, young man. Once a day, it recharges with the sunlight. But once a day, if." You call out if when the blade of another weapon collides with this armor. You may call out the words, Krong strong, and beat your chest. And that attack will miss. It will bounce clean off the armor. You will be unharmed. And that's some free advertising right there, too. Yeah, that's some free advertising. Uh, how much is it? Krong. This is pretty, pretty good armor here. Also, I should let you know that this power of the armor is a bit finicky. That sometimes when you call out and you receive the power of the armor, sometimes it recharges right then and there. It Ooh. seems to be random. It seems to be almost a one in six chance for it to recharge. Uh, but you know, there's no science to it. It's all magic. Mm-hmm. But it caught co- it. This too will cost you 100 gold pieces, young man. Uh, I happily give you the 100 gold. It's a pleasure doing business with you, Mr. Eros. A pleasure indeed. And I give him a firm handshake. He shakes your hand. His giant orcish hand dwarfs your small tiefling boy's hand. And he shakes it, but with the same respect he would give a grown person. And he takes your money and he says... Now tweet, go and polish up this armor briefly. Just run a brush over it for our young man Eros here. And so Krong's um, Kinku servant, whose name is Tweet, 
walks over with a brush. Now, Grim, I'm going to give you one more chance to roll a perception check. Okay. Well, I've got... Are we doing passive perception, too? Because... No. That's pretty high. Uh, 16. 16, you will notice. With a 16, you notice hanging around the neck of Tweet is a chain with a pendant on the end of the chain. And the pendant looks exactly like a peace sign. So imagine a circle with one vertical line and then two lines coming off that vertical line at the bottom on the center. But instead of ending at the line, the the symbol... I'll show it here. I'll try to... I, wish I, I can show chat, I guess, but I'll, I'll try to show you all as well here on owlbear what this symbol looks like is it the uh, uh servants of the scale symbol it is not the servants of the scale symbol so this is what your symbol looks like he is wearing a pendant and that is what the pendant looks like and the <clears throat> chain you know goes like that this, the outer circle of the pendant is golden, made of or not golden. It's it's dark. It's made of iron. It's made of a of a non valuable metal, and the center of it is made of a very bright silver. the The three pronged thing is made of a bright silver, while the circle is made of a dark iron. Grim hasn't seen this before, right? You have never seen this before. Okay. Ever um, in your life? Is it poxy? No. On a circle. <laughs> Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> it does it doesn't bear enough resemblance to Poxy for it to be that. The cult of Poxy. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering. Well, I suppose yeah, uh, I comment on it to Krong. Yeah, I mean uh, you don't have to. I just wanted you to notice that he's wearing it. Well, no, cuz Grim didn't really talk about it last time. So he would have, and also uh, Krong didn't have anyone with him when they first met, right? Correct. Yeah. So, um, uh, Krong, you never did. Oh, sorry, that's another voice. Krong, you never did tell me the story of your uh, Kinku uh, apprentice there. Oh, well, it's not much of a story. Whenever all the things in my hometown of Lonesome went to the garbage heap after you all killed the mayor and everything, now. Mind you, I'm not upset about this in the slightest. Ronald Witherbranch was a real, a real twerp, needed to be gone. But whenever you kind of send everything head over heels, um, it just it was really kind of a lot of chaos there. There were people busting loose from their bonds. There were people breaking out of jail, and most importantly. There was a, a, a group of people about town who had kept Kankus as slaves, and all the slaves busted loose. I seem to remember you and you as well used to have a a Kinku companion like tweet here. Yes, Burb, but um, he is gone somewhere. He disappeared. He disappeared. This is unfortunate. Tweet yeah. has been quite the companion. He does not know how to say much, but he can say one thing, can't you, Tweet? And Tweet turns to you and looks you dead in the eye and raises a wing and says, 
Krong strong. <laughs> and beats <laughs> and beats his chest. And after that he lets out a very high pitch tweet. Um well, that is certainly good branding, but um what about that uh that pendant has did you did you give that to him or did he uh did he have that to begin with? What he uh he he turns to um the tweet and he says, Oh what pendant? Oh where did you get that tweet? And Tweet looks down at his pendant and he like holds it up to the both of you and he just says Tweet Tweet and he puts it back. He says suppose you haven't learned any words for that. Maybe he found it on the ground somewhere. It's not uh I didn't know he had one of those. It doesn't look to be too terribly valuable. Looks like maybe a little bit of silver in there, but mostly iron on the outside. I'll, sell, I'll, I'll get him to sell it to you if you like. Should I do it? <laughs> tweet, I as he says that, as he says that, Tweet brings his hand up and puts his hand over uh, the pendant and kind of like leans back a little bit. No, I, I don't think I will uh, do that. He seems quite attached to it and I... I don't want to be a bully to this to this creature here, um, but no, I was just curious. It uh, it caught my eye, so I wanted to ask about it. I'll I'll try to maybe he'll open up to me in private about it. I'll, I'm I'm interested too. I have no idea where this thing came from. Uh, he's he's not the smallest bird in the in the flock. He might have just picked it up off the ground or out the garbage somewhere. Who knows? Yes, it's possible. But anyway, I uh, I thank you for your service yet again, and I I must be off now, sadly. You're, you're very welcome. Also, Eros, as you leave as well, I assume with Grim, remember, grown strong. And I beat my chest, and I says, "Yes, grown strong." Another another happy customer indeed. Go and do that thing, you know, go and be adventurous and all. It's a wonderful thing. Go out there. Yes. Happy to have supplied you. Goodbye. All right. So you guys finish that conversation with Krong. Um, as you leave, Tweet is still clutching his pendant to his chest. Um, and you all meet back up at the Krusty Crag as the sun is be- is betraying the, the, the movement of heading into dusk. Um, and the four of you are now together back at the Krusty Crag um, with all the information that you had gained and items you had gained over the day. Um, me- uh, mechanically, what is the uh, what, what does Pokesy do now? Um, so, so if you use it one handed, it'll do two d six. If you use it two handed, it'll do two d eight or whatever. Oh my god, that's lovely. Um, also. Uh, what about the healing potions? Oh, so um, you are able to find some healing potions. Uh, they are 20 gold a pop for some of your medium-sized healing potions. Uh, so, like, greater? Um, how many does that do? 44 plus 4. Um, yeah, yeah, some graders. Okay. Um, I will take trace number of those all right so you buy three of those 
from a random shop. I could have thrown Potion Man in, but I don't think I will here. No, yeah, that's fine. Oh, man. (laughs) For the back half of this episode. (laughs) Potion Man recites Macbeth. Potion Man. Something wicked this way comes. Again, to anybody who listens to this show, we we love we love to hear to hear from you. We love to get your reviews. We love to know, um, you know, we know many ways that we could improve, uh, but we are limited a lot of times by our technology and our location. But we're just so thankful for any of you who listen to the show. We know it could be way better, but we're just not. So thank you for dealing with it. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Somet- I mean, sometimes, yeah. The camera ordeal will be worked out soon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. All right, so everybody is back. Jack has learned some information. Arlo has learned some, learned some information. And Grim has had a conversation with uh, with Krong as well as Eros has gotten some armor. So you guys meet back up at the Krusty Crag where Kate comes back in as well. And she says, all right, my, all right, my friends, are we... Prepared to get this show on the road, as it were? I believe so. I um, so. I managed to find that there is a market stall that seems to be run by the thugs in town. Yes, uh, yes, that yes. That would help draw some people out if it was uh, vandalized. Hmm. But unfortunately, I saw some of the less wealthy adventurers going there to stock up on supplies and it won't sit right with me that they won't have anywhere to go. So, if at all possible, after we take the thug fortification, I'd like to send a letter to the paladin order that helped me out. I understand that they aren't quite the same paladins that I know from my world, but they should still exist here in this world. Perhaps... uh, the Paladins of Melora would like to set up an Adventurer's Guild here and provide uh, more affordable weapons to those adventurers who can't afford the Krong strong stuff. I think that sounds like a very benevolent idea. All for the glory of Melora. It's very forward-thinking of you, Jack. Thank you, Arlo. Huh. All right. Well, now... Alright, now things are about to start happening and I got a feeling when they do they're going to start happening kind of quick. Can we just agree we got like a one, two, three step plan? Like what's, what's happening first? I think first we should all get in position and be prepared for each of our uh, parts in the plan. Next, Grim, I believe you will be doing what you do best is the first step since you will be the farthest away from the fortification well i will too since i'm helping him yeah so grim and jack they're going to go after grim and arrows oh i'm sorry grim and and arrow jack i saw you was right in front of me so so grim and arrows they're going to be going after the wagon the convoy does that work for you arrows uh yes good and i'm gonna keep that bell from ringing Grim. Yes. Does that work I'm for you? I'm ready. Absolutely. 
And then, I'm going to keep that bell from ringing and keep everybody distracted. Exactly. Though, they, ooh, you scared me, Keith. Sorry. <laughs> <Not> sorry. <laughs> Though, they may be a bit alarmed when their bell doesn't start ringing. So, I wonder if Grimm should, when he gets back, shout that he's going to ring the bell to notify everyone and for the rest of them to get out and search for the people who took the cart. That way no one is testing the bell to see if it works. All right. We'll try it. I don't know if it's going to work, but we'll try it. I'm not sure either. What do you say, Grim? So am I not bringing back the cart anymore? I'm just abandoning it somewhere. Uh, You take the gold, um, abandon the cart, kind of hidden a bit, and then come back in your... Uh, disguised form and say, hey, the cart has been stolen by a team of adventurers and then run in and say, we need to go, We need to hunt them down. I'll let, uh, what is his name, Grunk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll let Grunk know and sound the alarm on my way over and I'm hoping people will run out the door. And at the same time, I will be setting fire to a thingy and they will hopefully run that way as well. You want to set fire to their market stall? Market stall? Nice. And uh, at this time, after the stall is alight, I think we should all try and gather near the front of the gate, and after as many as have gone through as they're going to go through, we'll all run in and close the gate behind us and deal with those that are left. And then we blow up the dynamite. Maybe later. Oh, all right. Oh, seat's closed. Don't be too hasty, Oila. All right, all right. Maybe I'm, later. I'm more than open to other ideas. No, nope. that sounds. This sounds like a good plan. I think you've done a good job of putting together this plan. It sounds solid to me. Heroes. I say we do it. That I'll sounds solid to me. Whenever you are. Well, sun looks to be getting low. Y'all like we ought to get on with it. I think that's a good idea, Arlo. All right. Good luck, everybody. Everybody know your part? Yeah. I'll meet you outside the gate. Excellent. All right. We cut to dusk. I'm a grim. Go ahead. I was going to say I'm ahead to the market, but I'm going to just be kind of waiting for them to close up shop and start heading back. Okay. I was I was fiddling with a few things. Kate is definitely on board. Please remind me what Kate was Kate was going with Arlo, right? Or is she going with you? Kate was going with me, but correct. Okay. Uh, I think she's more going to just. I'll talk to her when we get to that part. Perfect. She's but she's with you. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Kate is with you. So Kate follows Jack off towards the market. Arlo, you head off in your direction, and we're going to cut to dusk. It is nighttime. Grim and Eros are at the edge of town. In the distance, they can see two thugs walking towards them, each with a hand on a hand cart, kind of like a reverse wheelbarrow that they are dragging back into town that seems to have gold and treasures within. I was very much picturing a wagon with a horse, but that's... I mean, that doesn't Wait, matter did, at all. 
I was about to say, have you already completed the encounter and I, <laughs> I've messed it up already? No, I was just, no, I was, I was just thinking through what I was going to do. And then you said that and I was like, what? There's just one less horse to punch. That's all it is. Yep. That's all right? it is. Yeah. I mean, literally that's one less hurdle to jump over. Yep. <laughs> you ready, Grim? Yes, sir. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, y'all go ahead if you're going to make any preparations or whatever. Now's the time, but they are headed your way. How far away are they? Um, they are. I'm going to keep using this ruler thing. They are. Nope, I don't like the ruler thing. Let's say every one of these squares is ten feet, so they are ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, one hundred, one hundred and twenty feet. So I can't do shield of faith as preparation, right? I have to do it when it's my turn. You'd have to do it once combat begins. Yes. Um, okay. you, I mean, you could do it, but it only lasts 10 minutes, so it's not... It, I might it's do it when it's my efficient. turn. There you go. Because it's a bonus action anyway, so you can do a bunch of other stuff. You can yeah, do your that's... standard action yeah. afterwards, so... Um, I, I guess I'm going to roll uh, Stealth. And kind of, I assume these are buildings, right? These little dark squares. Yeah, yeah, those squares are buildings. Okay. Um, I guess, yeah, I just want to roll stealth and kind of move up to the corner of that first building on the right. All right, roll stealth. Do you tell arrows um, what you're getting into? I think that's what yeah, I'm going as to I'm do. Going, as I'm going to do that. Um, so, arrows. This that's is going it. to be... Potentially, probably, a lot easier than I expected. I um, I misunderstood what Kate said. I thought there'd be a horse, and they'd they'd have the potential to move swiftly. Um, but I was wrong, thankfully. So I'm going to hide currently for uh, until they get closer, and then I, I I will ambush them. If that is something you want to do, by all means, join me. But um, what do you think? What is, what is your plan of attack for this? I think I like the stealth part, so I think we should just hide for right now until they get closer. That sounds good. Uh, and I move over to that corner. I guess I can move myself. Uh, yeah, move yourself. Um, I got a 25 for stealth. All right, you're a... definitely stealth. They no longer see you. I got a 24. You are well hidden as well. Move your, or I'll move you since you guys are kind of all operating off the same yeah. PC. If it helps, his was a nat twenty plus four. Okay, yeah. So it it he is just as hidden, um, but yes, definitely. If those those nat twenty, let us know. Um, that way, Hale can understand as well. Hey, Misko. Uh, Misko has told us to hydrate. I don't know if any of you have water, but I got diet. Gatorade. Gatorade. All right. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the guys continue to move. I am definitely going to give you a surprise round on these guys. Um, um so I, I whisper to Eros, kind of like crouch down watching these people. Um, so Eros, I will rush out and attack the second one, if you want to come up behind me and grab the first one. Unless you manage to be quicker than me, in which case I will attack whichever one you don't hit. Okay. Um, I will be... 
I will say that I'm not more of a fighter, more of a helper, boost you up, so I will not do that much damage. That's <laughs> fair. Attack from a distance if you must, but they are close enough for me to go, I think. One, okay. two, three, four. Yeah. I just want to let um, you know. So I'm gonna... I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm saying. <laughs> that is pretty much what I'm saying. All right, so I think at this point it's time to roll initiative. Yes, I was about to ask. Do yep. it. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. What do you guys think a um the cart should have for an initiative roll? <laughs> He's so funny, Bo. Damn, so funny. I don't know. The, I, cart the cart's not attacking. I hope not, I hope the cart's not attacking. But you never can tell. This is D and D. Yeah, it's I don't like, normally like to tell you their initiative rolls, but I'm going to tell you these initiative rolls. Are they juicy? Number one rolled a three. Yeah. And number, and number two rolled a. No, excuse. Yeah, and number two rolled a two. Woo! Nice. All right, so heroes, what'd you have, buddy? I got an unnatural twenty-one. All right. Oh, cool. What'd you get, Grim? Twenty-two. 22. All right, there you go. So, obviously, things are about to get pretty messy in these guys' backside of their pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. They so, wore their brown pants today. <laughs> so, go ahead and take your... Uh, so, surprise round. You guys are going before them. Does this mean they don't get to take their first turn? Yeah, yeah. so a surprise round works by um, whichever creatures are surprised, which is determined by the DM, don't get a turn in the first round of combat. There you go. So oh, we're going to go, these, and then we're going to go again. These poor boys. <laughs> it's going to be like a bad attack. Nice. Yeah. This is going to be some Assassin's Creed style stuff, so go ahead, Grim. Um, I'm going to rush out there in betwixt them, and I'm going to attack recklessly, which uh, is you can throw aside all concern for defense to attack with fierce desperation. When you make your first attack, uh, you decide to attack recklessly, which gives you advantage uh, on this turn. But attack rolls have advantage until my next turn, so... Yeah, that's not gonna matter for them anyway. I just up thug one and starts beating thug two to death with him. <laughs> I just picture like Grim is standing there in front of Eros and he says, "Attack from a distance if you must," and then he stands up and begins to spin like a tornado, like to the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> Goes and mows them down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nat twenty. Oh, <laughs> Um, okay, so I got a 19 for the for uh, the first attack and a nat 20 for the second attack. Oh, yeah, so definitely <laughs> that'll hit. All right, hang on. I need to see. Um, brutal critical. Okay, cool. Uh, at ninth level, you can roll one additional uh, damage die when determining the extra damage for a critical hit with a melee attack. So Ooh. I now roll three times uh, instead of instead of double. It is now triple. That's cool. That's a lot of damage. Remember, <laughs> remember their faces now so you can recreate them. Flex tape can't fix that. <laughs> um, okay. These guys are meant to be cannon fodder just to clue you guys a bit, I guess. Oh, you hit them hard enough, we're going to forget they existed. All right. 
All right, 28 for the uh, critical attack. Uh-huh. Um, 14 for uh, the non-critical attack. Perfect. Um, good night, Hale, by the way. Have a good sleep. You probably will see me in the morning to play some more God of War. I can play as a barbarian in hey. the morning. Um, so what are you hitting them with? Poxy? Uh, no, I am, I am running up there and just giving the old, uh, the old one, two punch to number two there. Okay. So you sprint over to number two. The first thing you do, the first thing you do is jump in the air and giving, give him a flying knee in the face. He spits out three teeth as he spit directly into the air. He goes <laughs> as your knee collides with his jaw. And then using the two fists that you have on the ends of your big meat arms, you slam your fist together around his temple, fracturing his skull on both sides. His eyes completely just disintegrate between your fists as you land on your feet and his body limply slides against this building over here. He is absolutely finished and dead. Excellent. (laughs) And then I turn to the other one, but I don't do anything because my turn's over. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just looking at him. And he's obviously surprised as I'll get out. Eros, it's your turn. So I will do... I can see these people, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can. So I'm going to try to do blindness slash deafness. Leave it Oh. Yeah, no, never some, mind then. Show him some mercy and make <laughs> him not be able to see it. I, I thought it wasn't, but I think it might. Yeah. A foe. Choose one creature that you can yeah. see. Okay. Oh, cool. I didn't know if it was like a flashbang kind of thing. And yeah. Blind Zenus. <laughs> yeah. So you can blind a you can blind or deafen a foe. Choose one creature you can see within range to make a Constitution saving throw. If it fails, the target is either blind. They're blind. Your All choice. Right. Blind or deafen them. Yeah. Yep. All right. He rolled a fifteen for his Constitution saving throw. I will do it. Yeah, it's going to be 12. Yeah. And then I shall do Shield of Faith. Okay. So a flash of light appears on his eyes, and he, after he sees his homie get completely wrecked, a flash of light goes over his eyes, and he's like, what's going on? Um, but it's not enough, because he's still surprised, and it's Grimm's turn again. Good deal. Good deal. Um, so he, is he blinded? Then, he is not blinded. No, he's, no not. he's not blinded. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, all right. Well, I'm still going to I'm gonna attack recklessly again then. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to get somebody blinded, uh, John. Yeah, eventually. You're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, 16 and 27 to hit. Uh, both of those will hit. Good deal. They did not go to blocking school. Keith, I like how you described Grimm's character as having fists with big meat arms behind them. (laughs) That's pretty much just describing Grimm right there. Sometimes I just start with a couple words and I have to fill in the backside, you know? Like, I just, I, I, I give myself a place to start and I gotta find a way back down to the ground. 
Um, 31 total damage on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you punch this guy in the face. Uh, you punch him once in the gut. He, like, all but vomits on your chest. And then you punch him again right in the jaw, completely shattering his jaw. His teeth drip out of his mouth as he drops down to one knee, barely clinging to life. Mm. And he looks up at you through a gummy mouth, blood dripping out of his mouth, and he says, Why? You know it's what's going turn. Uh, I shall dash to number one and use my short sword. One, two, you don't have to dash, you're just heading that way. Okay, well, I'd like, yeah, okay. 16 to hit. 16 will do it. Oh, yeah. So how do you want to kill him, John? He's only got one HP left. How do you want to kill him? You don't even have to roll damage. I shall slash him in the head. Slash him in the head. So his poor poor teeth and head, like, as he looks up to to Grim to say why, a small red-skinned devil boy shoots out of the darkness and just brings his short sword down on his cranium, splitting him in splitting him in two and the massacre of the northeast district of Melora's quiver is now at an end <laughs> both of your victims lie dead on the ground completely and utterly incapacitated and the, you, you killed them so hard they probably just passed the astral plane that whatever's behind that is where they landed the great um, <laughs> they were going to be reincarnated as something really cool but no, they passed that one all together, too. Go ahead. Well, thank you. I don't want that. <laughs> um, not if not if Grimm's there waiting for him. Um, <laughs> no, Gross, that was uh, handled quite well. Um, mm-hmm. And I go and I pick up both the bodies and put them in the cart. Okay. When you open the cart, you see a great a, a great deal, uh, not like a you know a treasure hoard's worth of gold, but several you know golden trinkets, several silver trinkets, and you know things that you can see that are that uh, that have a high amount of value. But you have placed both bodies in this cart, and almost poetically, their blood drips down and mixes in with the gold. Um, I'm gonna scoop as much of that gold as will fit into the. Um... Mimic. Alright, as much as you can get in there will fit. I shall okay. do the same. Alright, so you... Oop. John, Eros, when you go to reach towards the Mimic, roll a dexterity saving throw for me. Ooh. Oh no. Dexterity saving throw, so... That is a unnatural 20. Alright. As you reach down with a handful of gold to put gold inside this bag, as you get close to to Grimm's living mimic uh, bag of holding, the mouth of the bag reaches up towards your hand, and you can see you can see white teeth grow out of the leather around the the edge of the the mouth of the bag and try to clamp down on your hand. But just in time, you pull your hand away. Wait, I was close to the patch. I mean, the you said you were going to help him put stuff in his bag. Oh, I thought I was going to grab a whole handful of gold. Do the same thing as he was doing? Yeah, he said he's putting stuff in his mimic bag. Oh, I was just going to put him in my bag, too. Okay, oh, I guess Okay. I guess I, I, I can help him. No, that's fine. If you're putting it in your own bag, then you're putting it in your own bag. Yeah, but, I'm going to put it in my own bag. 
Okay. Okay. Gotcha. One of them I didn't, Dollar General I don't bite your bags. Yeah. <laughs> so retcon, no mimic biting. So Next. Uh, how much do we get, Keith? Um, each of you have probably taken the value of fifty gold out of this cart between the two of, or um, excuse me, but each of you, so a hundred split halfway would be fifty. And each. we've taken it all out of the cart, or there's still more there. Yeah, you cleaned it out. It's not like you okay. know a bank vault or anything. Okay. Um. Well, Eros, what do you want to do with this cart now? We've got two dead uh, people. And the car. <laughs> Briefly forgot the word for people. <laughs> I think we should head out now just to make sure that there's no suspicion they're taking too long, so Yeah. Yeah. But then again we get we did kill them fast, so I don't know if that That's was true. We, we did yeah. do it quite handily. Um mm-hmm. What what's around us, Keith? Like what what in the area is um, the buildings are fairly sparsely populated out here in the northeast <laughs> side, um, but it's mostly just like buildings, mostly square huts and different things that have been built up around some tents, some different kind of, like I said, kind of a Moss Eisley vibe out there. Okay. Um, well, it I want to assembled crowd. <laughs> um, Grim, as as he's like looking around, he kind of stops for a second. And goes, "Oh shoot, I I forgot part of the plan there, Eros." Um, we need to hide it. And he goes and he, he picks up one of the um one of the the guards, one of the one of the people, and he like he's gonna put him back over against um over up here and just kind of leave his body like slumped over. Uh-huh. Um and then he's going to grab the cart and and just kind of pull it somewhere. I don't I don't know, somewhere he could like hide it. Okay, gotcha. So let's say you just you you pull it, you pull the cart down here and hide it between these buildings, a place where this kind of narrow, not many, not much foot traffic would be back there. Oh yeah, that'll work. Um, and then and then he's gonna run around a bunch of times and like leave like a trail, kind of running around and away. Okay. Just just to make it look like there's a bunch of traffic going on in that near the cart and like uh, there's a scuffle and stuff. All right, gotcha. you did that. I was just thinking. I wish I could tell him to do uh, that. I shall do the same just to make sure that all the footprints doesn't look the same. Good job. Good job. Fantastic. Okay. Roll a. Uh, I want you to roll a nature check. <laughs> Somebody's gonna sit down and start doing the butt scoot like a dog. Forty children stole our gold. Along with one giant monster child. <laughs> Who obviously didn't know where he was going. <laughs> he turned around a lot. Um, since uh, Eros is helping, does that mean there's advantage? Um, yeah, I mean, he's helping you do everything. I'm talking about the cart right now is actually how well you hide the cart. Oh. Um, Although I wasn't hiding the cart. Although I was just watching he him. Was hiding the cart. Uh, then I... I did not hide the cart very well. I got a one. Um, <laughs> well, the point of it isn't to hide it very well. I got a right. 16. Gotcha. You left it in the path, but you turned it at a slight angle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you were trying to hide the cart well, then you did not do a good job, um, mainly because there's like blood all over it, and there's kind of a trail leading back to the, the cart. But Can we just okay. put sand around it? <laughs> 
<laughs> couldn't find the court, but there were court tracks leading up yeah. to this giant pile of sand. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I meant like cover the blood stains with sand. Oh yeah, you could do that, but we're th- that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point yeah. is to show that this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We're not trying to disguise uh, what you did. We're yeah. just trying to make them look harder at it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, is the mask coming out now, or we? I'm about to move on to um, no, Jack and Kate. I don't. I don't want to pull it out just yet because okay. it kind of messes with the minds of the wearer. So, I want to wait until we get a little bit closer um, to the fort before we do it. Perfect. Oh, he remembered the property of my of my item. I love it. It's a good item, I was, dude. I was telling Joe about it the other night at game night. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Oh, um, no, Josh, no. Okay, so... What did I do? The, the picture that Bryce sent. Oh. Oh, you sent it? No oh, beard. Yeah, there's a reason I have a beard. A Me too. All right, moving along, we are going to move to Kate and Jack in the market district. Jack, you are leading the way. Kate is following you, um, trying to keep up, trying to remain attentive to where you're leading. You're obviously much of the mastermind behind this portion of the plan, so she wants to make sure she uh, executes the way you'd like for her to execute. Okay. Um... Kate, what time is yes. it? Like in, in this place, it's dark at this point. Dark. It is we're we're in the nine to ten, nine to ten p.m.s. Okay, so Zenus should be done with his business or doing his business now, right? Yeah. Okay, Kate, I believe Grim should be about finished with his task for the night. Uh, have the people left their little stand yeah the market is pretty well shut down by this point okay do you think you could uh take up a position halfway between here and the entrance and give a signal when you see grim approaching the front of the fortress i absolutely could do that okay. do you think you'll be all right here by yourself i think i'll be okay and if not i'll set the fire and come for you very well. I will make my way that way. And she... Oop, that's not what I want. <laughs> I don't know how long this thing will burn, so it would probably be for the best that I light it as late as possible. Alright, so she heads She heads toward the uh, the fortress then. She's taking your, your plan into effect. She heads towards the fortress to keep a lookout. Cool. Um... Do we want to move to Arlo? What Arlo's doing? Yeah, we can do that. Or it don't matter. However, it needs to line up time-wise. Okay. If Zenus needs to be trotting along. Arlo, what is your task currently? Uh, I thought I was just trying to um, disable disable the the, uh, the bell and things like that. But then <clears throat> they were saying, well, maybe they should ring the bell to alert everybody so they'll leave. So. Okay, so no, you're just overwatching. The, hang on, um, I must have explained it unclearly. Is it okay if I meta explain it properly? Sure. Yeah, okay. please. Um, it would be suspicious if people tried to ring the bell and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. 
So I was saying that you could deactivate them and then Grimm could be the one to say, hey, I'll ring the bell. That way there's nobody to know that it's suspicious that it's not working because they just assume that he hasn't gotten there yet. Nobody actually uses the bell and realizes it's not working, that it's been sabotaged. Okay. So if I get this right, disable the bell temporarily and then undisable the bell or re-enable the bell. No, just... Just leave it disabled. Grim is, Grim is just going to go for it so that nobody else goes for it to try it. Got it. You can <clears throat> mess with some big doggies if you want to. I mean, I could, yeah. All right, so All right. We'll go ahead. So let's, let's go into Arlo's disabling of the bell tactic here. So Arlo, you approach the fortress in what form? Uh, in regular old Arlo fashion. So All right. If I remember correctly, you said that there's not, like, a manned position. Like, people aren't just standing around the bell alarms, are they? No, that's correct. Cool. I want to go up to that corner where the old big bell is. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's okay, just reeling it back a little bit, I would like to have gotten, like, a very large mug pint, whatever, of something from the, the inn or tavern or whatever. I'm perfectly fine with that. Cool. I am just kind of casually seeing stumbling. what's up. You what? Casually stumbling. Casually <laughs> stumbling. But no, I'm just kind of casually walking in that direction. Do I notice anybody who's like within eyeball shot of the big bill? Um, No, not at this time. Cool. I'm going to get right up under it, and I am going to cast Misty Step. All right. You have cast Misty Step. What does that do? Briefly surrounded by a silvery mist, you teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see. Okay. So right up to, to, to the top of the wall, I guess, up on the bell. You teleport to the bell then, sir. Neat. So I'm kind of I'm trying to stay casual about this whole thing. Um, at the top of a 20 foot wall <laughs> right right. I'm uh, I want to take my, my very full mug of whatever it is uh-huh. and I would like to stand underneath where the bell is and toss it up into the bell like just splash the whole thing up in there and cast shape water to freeze it Okay. All right. Let's uh let's do a dexterity roll just to see how effective you are at placing a liquid in there. And if you're trying to do it sneakily, I'd also like a stealth roll. Okay. Cuz there are there are two dudes on the walls. They're just none over here right here by the bell right now. What? Well, he's uh, shaping water. I'm pretty sure he's shaping the water. Yeah, it just does it. Like, I can move it, I can shape it, I can freeze it, I can unfreeze it. Oh, gotcha. well, yeah, just the way you worded it, it sounded like you were going to take the cup and, like, sling it up into the thing, which sounded like a physical movement in addition. But, yeah, that's yeah. you shape the water. But definitely a stealth roll, please. Okay, I can handle that. Uh, that's a 13 on the steel. A 13 is perfectly effective enough to do this out of earshot of or sight line of one of these thuggeroonies. So you take the the ale that is in your cup, the this amber ale, and you raise it up into the bell and wrap it around the clapper and fill up that bell with icy ale. 
immobilizing the clapper and making it a useless bell. <laughs> very, very cool. Okay. <clears throat> so I got that going on, and then let me check something real quick. Do I have this one? Best part of waking up is ale that's in your cup. <laughs> <laughs> waking up. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Um, all right, so the the little inner building shed thing. Does, is it like a peaked roof? Is it a flat roof? It is a flat roof. A flat roof. Does it have like a lip upon it? What I'm thinking is, can I get to that roof and hunkerfy myself down where people aren't going to see me? Yes, you could, if conceivably, travel along the wall and hop down onto that roof. Okay. If you'd like. All right. I would like to do that however i would like to do that after pass after casting pass without trace okay exceptional all right um do i need to read it off for our listeners at pass, home or are you good pass without trace is the one that adds plus 10 to all your stealth rolls right yep well uh for duration each creature you choose within 30 feet of you including you plus 10 to dexterity and stealth checks and can't be tracked except by magical means perfect a creature that receives this bonus. Okay, that doesn't matter. Okay, so I do that. All right, you cast that. And then I do the thing. I want to you go cast and that. I fall down. And you successfully do your stealth maneuver because based on those numbers, there's no way you could be caught um, with that magic. So you stealthily walk walk down the, uh, the length of half of the length of the back that back wall you're on and then you hop down the 10 feet to the roof of that building below almost silently on the way down the wall you actually walk between the legs of a thug with your tiny <laughs> stature and your pass without trace magic Still and he, is none, he is none the wiser and you you now find yourself on top of that building <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So then I want to move to the, the corner that's closest to this alarm, like the smaller alarm. Okay. And then um, I'll do the uh, the creator destroy water and then same thing. I'm just going to make a, a gallon of water. I'm just going to freeze it up inside the bell. All right. This time I do have to ask you to do a stealth roll on this one. Because there's more than humans down here. Okay. 18. And 18. You are successful. You take some more ale out of your stein that you've been carrying around. And you you uh, freeze water inside this bell. Well, rendering I, used, it... I used all that last time. I said I, I used uh, Creator Destroy Water. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. <clears throat> I, so, I just it. Yeah. If anybody's following along, that actually burned a spell slot on that one. So. All right, so you created water that you water bent inside this bill and clogged that bill up, making it immusable, unusable. For an hour, for the next hour. For an hour. Awesome. So both bells have been incapacitated. They are now useless. Cool bean. And then I'm just, I'm 
hanging out and I'm I'm waiting on uh, the signal, which I would assume is um, Graham being like, oh, God, we were attacked, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So. Yep. All right. Guys, well, Grim and Elus. What you got? Uh, that's why I'm waiting on the disguised Grim and Eros. I, I thought I heard somebody else speaking. Oh, I said get help. Yep. The, the Star Wars thing. Gotcha. Um, all right, Grim, now's your time. You and Eros are headed back to perform part two of your task. Uh, are you now disguised? Yes. Um, I pull Eros aside when we can see the fort off in the distance. Um <clears throat> And I like I imagine we're kind of like skulking and, and sn- snucking our way through this little you are this little area, um, and I like I, I kind of pull him aside and like kind of focus up on him and be like okay. So and I I pull out the mask, and I say, um, I say Eros, this this is the item that we were talking about earlier. This will help us get into uh, the fortress, and it should hopefully help us. With our plan, and I, uh, I put it on, and I, um, now I have to, I have to be touching you in order for the magic to also extend to you. But I want to give you a word of warning before we go through with this. Um, when you become disguised in this way, you must keep focus. You must keep your wits about you because you could lose yourself, or at, at least. Uh, be be pulled into losing yourself into this other person. So you must be very careful um, to hold tight to to who you are. Okay. He can't hear you nod. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. So I just nod and tell him like, "All right, I got this." Okay. Um, and you have to like think of the person, right, Keith? Yeah, it has to be somebody you've seen before, at least. Okay. Um, I think that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I also say that you know I'm going to I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder and I'm going to activate the magic. Now you must think of a person you have seen before, and then the magic will do its work and you will you will be disguised as that person. Um. So I I activate the magic. Think of one of the guards, probably that first guard that I. No, I'm not going to think of the first guard because the first guard is the guard I left against the wall. Wait, maybe those like maybe those thugs that we killed the first time we that the first time we did their bodies are still in the sand in the desert. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Then do you say that to to Grim? Uh, yeah. Okay, that is an excellent idea, Eros. That is a uh, that should cover our tracks quite nicely. Um, so then, yeah, so I, we just become those people, I guess. Yes. In an instant, you are transformed with a, with, as your flesh kind of like magically bubbles a little bit. Eros is, is stretched out two extra feet tall. Uh, Grim, your body is shrunken down a little bit to, you know, be, make your muscles smaller and everything. And the two of you are now two thuggish boys, um, beaten up and a little bit bloody heading back to the fort. Okay. We head that way. All right. You arrive at the fort now. You are outside of it. On the way back, 
Kate runs to the end of the market district. She peeks her head behind the stall and she says, Jack! Jack! What? What is it? Grim, I've I've just witnessed Grim and Eros transform and head towards the and he- head towards the fort. Now is the time, I believe. Excellent. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to burn a spell slot to light this thing on fire, aren't I? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So I'm gonna cast Searing Smite on my uh, um lance and just okay. stab it with my flaming sword. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so you light your lance on fire and stab the market stall. Immediately, the market stall is engulfed in flames. The, the light whooshes up to the sky in this dry desert air. The smoke is billowing into the stars as that market stall is lit ablaze. Um, do All you right. do anything else, Jack? Uh, Kate, I think we should get in position by the gate and just sort of hide ourselves away so no one sees us and get ready to enter as soon as Arlo and Grimm and Eros are all inside. I race you there. And she heads that way. Uh, Jack kind of plods along clankily in his thick little <laughs> armor. Perfect. All right, so everyone is in position um we'll call it around the i guess i gotta mark that up huh everyone is in position so keith we'll obviously well me and grim are obviously yelling to help and ring the bell right correct uh no not yet Um, i don't think um also we're not going to be calling to ring the bell we're going to have them go out and we're going to say that we will ring the bell. We're the ones oh. who are going to go toward that. Oh, yeah. My bad. That's okay. No, you get me. While I'm outside the, uh, whatchamacallit? Never mind. It only lasts one minute. I'll, I'll wait till we're actually in combat. Okay. All right. Everybody um, is placed. Hang on. Is Grim within sight? Yes, I picture as Grim ran by, Grim, Grim and Arrows have headed to the door here, and then Kate, you and Kate have gotten into position. Where is your position here? Um, just uh, sort of like at the first building outside the front of the thing, just like behind it, so they don't see us as they come out the gate. But okay. you'd say I can see Grim, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh. I want to cast a spell on him if I may be allowed. You may be allowed. Okay. I'm going to cast Enhanced Ability. And in the form of Fox... Nope, not Fox. uh, Eagle Splendor. Target has advantage on Charisma checks. All right. That's good. That's a good call. Perfect. (laughs) Okay, um... So I guess Grim and Eros, now's your time. Now's your time to shine. You're you are now standing at the doors of the of the fortress. The plan so far has gone off without a hitch. The fire is burning. Okay. Um I I go up and I imagine like my left arm is the arm that's kind of messed up. So Grim's kinda he's like holding that 
close to his chest, but it's a little, it's like limpy and kind of bloody. And he just goes up and like throws his right arm against the door, um, screaming for help. What? 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 What happened? You can hear from you. The uh, a small wooden latch has slid from behind the door. You can see the eyes and nose of one of your quote unquote fellow thugs inside. What's What's going on? Why are you banging on the door? You're supposed to be here moments ago. We were attacked. We are. We ran into a group of adventurers, and they they took the cart from us. We are the only they, two who made it. The other one, he was, he did not. He was killed. They took the, they took the cart from you. How far did they, have they gotten? We don't know. We ran here as fast as we could. We needed to let you know. You have to send help. You have to send people out. Okay, roll the charisma. Roll the. Uh persuasion or the performance performance roll performance 15 wait all right i'm gonna roll for the thug i gave him advantage he's the one talking oh boy he says didn't you just say there were two others no and you did when you came up, you said there were two others. There should have only been two of you bringing the cart back. Who was the other person you were talking about? Who'd you meet up with? He just, he caught us on the road. He was, he was walking around. I didn't, I didn't catch his name, but when the adventurers set upon us, he came and helped us. Although he gave his life for the cause. He, he was one of our, uh, one of our crew? Yeah, he was one of us. He was just wandering around. All right, because... Paper. Because he cast a spell on you, I'm going to give you another chance to convince this guy. Roll persuasion, and you have to give me a name. <laughs> okay. He said he, he he says, "What was his name?" Okay. Um, that is an 18, and I say, uh, "I think I think it was Elric." Alec, no, God, that was my brother-in-law. <laughs> come quick, come inside, come inside. <laughs> the door, you you hear the mechanism behind the door open up, and the door cracks a little bit, so you can walk inside. Um, I like I I kind of limp in and 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 lean against the door a little bit, and I say, uh, "I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but he gave his life for us." I can't talk about it. I've got to go tell my wife. Quick, go ring the bell and call for help if there's if there's adventurers coming. And he slips out of the door and runs off into town. Um, I kind of kind of smile to myself, real 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 sly like. Um, and as uh, looks out the door at Jack. <laughs> finger guns blazing. I whispered um, to Grim and I said, "Nice." Thank you. That that is not something that could have come easily, um, and then I just I I, I start uh, kind of anyone I can see and like not like screaming full blown where like a lot of people can hear. Like I don't I don't want like this to be to go out um, very far, but like just walking in into the the thing. I want to tell people that like adventurers are coming. They need to get out and and find the. Um, Okay. The cart. 
Gotcha. Um, so one guy, as they're running out, so several people are filing out. Like, yeah, we've we've got to go find the adventurers and get our gold back. Yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah. Let's go get them. I'm not your boss. I'm sorry. I just wanted. To, I just got excited. Well, let's go get them. <laughs> and so, like, several people, <laughs> several people are running out of there. You know, five or six people go out. Kate and uh, uh, Arlo is watching all this from the rooftop of that garage. By the way, um, Kate and Jack, you see six or seven or eight people. You know, run out of there, running towards the other place. And someone says as they're running out, "You, you just came inside. What?" Where's that smoke coming from? What's burning out there? I, I didn't see that. I came from the cart. That is, that is something else beyond me. It looks close to our market stalls. Could, could, could someone also be burning down our, our, our store? I, it, it is likely. We, we might be under attack from multiple angles tonight. Grab a few bucket boys, buckets, boys, just in case. No, I kind of like the first way you said it. Like, there's a they have their own fire brigade called the Bucket Boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bucket Boys. And, and another, and another three dudes. <laughs> another three dudes leave. Um, at this point, so by the time it's all said and done, Grim is headed towards here. Arrows is right behind him, and there are. There are four thugs left inside. You have you have cleared everyone else out. Cool. Alright. I want to run in as quickly as possible. As yes. some people have dissipated. I want right. to drop down to where Grim and Arrows are. Assuming that I recognize that's them. Come on, Kate. Let's go. I'm right behind you. You guys run inside. All right, I'm going to head to sleep. Hope you have fun with the rest of your stream. Good night. Good night, all gamings. Glad you got to hang around. Oh, um, See, I thought DM was like, all right, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, Keith, not to alarm you like, or anything, but uh, Hale posted a clip from the stream <laughs> not long no. after you said not to post a clip. <laughs> no, yeah, I saw somebody clip it. <laughs> <laughs> with the caption, classic DM quote. Nothing, nothing yep. like a classic quote. Juice. There's, right. there's not enough room for you in this chair, man. <clears throat> All right. Hey. So, I want to. I get. Well, no, I guess I can't really drop down. That's kind of a, a big drop for a small person. Um, it, I'm gonna stand up on the edge of the roof and kind of like wave to him, like you know, up here. Sit. Okay. Everybody, roll initiative, please. You are going to get a surprise round on these thugs. <laughs> 14. 7. 2. <laughs> a mighty 2. I also got a 14. Oh, re-rolling? Yep, re-roll that. 9. I got a 5. Alright, so we'll say you got a 13. Dexterity is not these boys' strong suit, but it looks like they decided to roll today. Uh, hey, Keith, is it going to be an action to, like, take off the uh, the mask? No, it won't be that an action. Cool. You can drop the mask at any time. So, Do I notice where the hyenas are located? You do notice where the hyenas are located. Okay. Uh, I am. I immediately tried to get Grim's hand out of my. Yeah, what? He's holding me, right? 
No, he just no. had to put his hand on you to transform you. He doesn't have to keep holding on to you. Oh, uh, okay then. Well then how do I okay, never mind. I think it's just a you just unchange form as an action. Okay. I yeah, unchange just... form then. Okay. You have to you're doing that in initiative. Oh that oh We're that's an action? Yeah. Okay then. Yeah, it's not your turn quite yet. Ooh. Whoops. I'm just trying to get an initiative rolled up here for us. Arrows. All right, so there should be four, five, six, and then, oh, hold up. Kate. <clears throat> What's Kate got going on over here? She got that high deck, son. Got that high deck, son, 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 son. Um, but it didn't help her in the end. Um, okay, so Kate is in there. We've got two giant hyenas in the crowd. We've got four thugs. You guys have done an exceptional job at weeding them out. I've been very, very pleased to be able to watch this plan come together. I don't know how long this combat is going to take. We may have to continue it next week. We will see. But know that I have enjoyed this very much and that everybody who left the stream really missed out. Mm. Um, and everyone who stayed, you're the, you're the kings and queens of all of all, all of the land. Um, Alright, so I do have one, two, three, four, five, six, Six enemies and an NPC. I'm good to go, you guys. Let it rip. It is Arlo's turn first. Did you say we had a surprise? Yes, a surprise round. Surprise. Alright, cool. Great. Surprise, cool. mother level. <clears throat> Alright, so that means that we all take a turn, then we take another turn? Or? We take a turn, and then, and then the turn, starts. And then you start doing it like normal. Okay. Wait, what? We take a turn as if they don't get a turn, and then you start doing it like normal, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, Arlo, um, you're first. Neat. All right. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Let me check it real quick. Let me check it real quick. Because <clears throat> I guess ev the guys have noticed at this point, Kate and Jack sprint in there not disguised. So at this point, they say, wait a second. We're being tricked. Right. So the gate is closed now. Nope. We're all inside or the gate's wide open? Gate's the wide gate open. is open, correct. It's not wide open, but it is open. All right. My my goal in this is to close the gate as soon as I can. Okay. All right. I am going to... Arlo Hot. turns his round hat backwards. It's <laughs> 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 on. All right. I am going to look towards one of the bonfires that's still blazing. Yeah. And hold out a little bitty vein of sausage fingery hand to it. Uh-huh. And conjure elemental. Oh, monkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
All right. So what we're going to go with the, the fire behind, uh, I guess that's uh, thug number one over there towards uh, that corner crossroads. Okay. I'm going to call forth a fire elemental. All right. It's a long thing, but I'll see if I can kind of append it a little bit here. Um, oh, Keith, do you realize you can scroll on all the icons over there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot, but none that I've liked for some things. Gotcha. It's all good. Uh, okay, so the elemental is friendly to you and your companions for the duration. Roll initiative for the elemental has its own turns. It obeys any verbal commands that you issue to it. No action required by you. Hot boy. <laughs> if you don't issue any commands to the elemental, it defends itself from hostile creatures, but otherwise takes no action. If I lose my concentration, it becomes hostile to us, and you just labeled it as hot boy. Yep. I love it. So a 10-foot-tall fire elemental just stands up out of this bonfire I'm kind of seeing. so As if it was there the whole time. As if it was just hanging out, and yep. it just stood up. So this is essentially just a big fire humanoid creature right yep it is a big fire dude like the freaking balrog just stood up out of the fire pretty much um has a lot of stuff going for it um the elemental i will say the elemental sheds bright light in a 30 foot radius dim light in an additional 30 just like a regular fire yeah it does have water susceptibility and um yeah there's some other stuff too like it can move through a space one inch wide without squeezing all that he has to fight it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's some stuff, so let me know if um, if you need any of these ex- extra details. So, okay. Um, initiative for this fellow. Let's see. Initiative is goes off a of dex, right? Yep. So he has a plus three. So he gets a ten. Ten on the initiative roll. Actually, no. That wasn't a d20. Yeah, he rolled a d12. Yeah, so that's he gets a six. He's six on the initiative roll. All right, so that puts him pretty close to the end. Um, you're going to keep track of his health for me, right? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, probably won't be hard to do. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so right. cool. May I? You may. All right. Hey, hot boy. <laughs> <laughs> Take down everything except this building what I stand on. Take down that wall. I assume he understands you're communicating not to destroy the wall. Yeah, right. That right. was, that okay. was Take down everything that. except the building what I stand on. Gotcha. All right. And then on, I guess on his uh, turn in the initiative, he'll do some stuff. I he personally want to use my movement to uh, just kind of shimmy down off that wall. Okay. And I'm gonna dash towards the gate, just like maximum movement speed. All right, let's put you. Let's put you right here by by arrows on your way. Okay. As I'm running past on my little stumpified legs, I just want to be like, oh, "Hey, Grant, hey, Jack, hey, arrows, thanks so much. We're gonna get this done. All right, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very like single-minded, like I'm headed straight toward the gate. Okay. Cool. That's it Perfect. for me. All right, it is now going to be Grim's turn. Um, I'm going to uh, enter a rage. Nice. As you enter rage, all the thugs around are like, What in the blue hell is that fire creature? Um, 
this is it is not new to Grimm, so he's just kind of he's just gonna yeah. ignore that. Um, he's gonna focus on number two. Um, okay. Two things, uh, because I'm entering a rage for the first time. Um, I'm gonna use my uh, frenzy feature, which means that for the duration of the rage, I can make a single attack as a bonus action. Um, on every turn after this turn. So I can't do it this turn, but I can do it next turn. Um, and then I'm also going to use the uh, Instinctive Pounce feature, which is going to give me 20 extra feet of movement because I used my uh, my Rage. So I'm okay. going to run over there to number two, <clears throat> and I'm going to attack recklessly upon him. Okay, go with, for it. With Fury and, and Vengeance. That's a nat 20. Good lord! All right, yeah, he did. He he probably did. <laughs> he probably he probably did. Yeah, nat twenty and a um twenty eight. Um, yeah, both of those will definitely hit. Okay. All right, I'll handle the twenty eight first. Um, three sixteen damage for the for one attack. Okay. Forty-two damage for the second attack. Good lord! All right, you activate Spartan Rage and go over, go over them, go over there, and just punch, punch Thug Number Two to a bloody pulp. Three punches, just or two punches, and he is. You can feel his ribs break. You punch him in his ribs so hard that his ribs snap off and jam into his heart, and he's dead. Cool. Um, do I have any movement left, or was that the full sixty? That'd be that'd be the full sixty. That was a long way. Um, that's all. That's all I gonna do. All right. For the now times. Okay. It is uh Eros's turn. I eat. I shall. I think I'm just going to go. How far is Jack from me? Uh, Jack is probably a good 80 feet from you, behind mm. you, ish. I know this isn't really jiving with the measurements I made earlier in the episode, but it'll just have to do. That makes okay. sense to me. The whole thing is like 300 feet across, right? Yeah, 120 yeah. feet across. But then we change. Yeah, then I change it up because the ruler in the program. But nah. I think I'm going to do. Mirror Mage. Okay. Do three duplicates of myself. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. Mi- oh, mirror. Yeah, mirror. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, mirror image. Three illusory duplicates of yourself appear in in your space until the spell ends. The duplicates move with your mimic. With you and your mimic, your action shifting position, so it is impossible to track which image is real. You can use your action to dismiss the illusory duplicates. Each time a creature targets you with an attack during the spell duration, roll a d20 to determine whether the attack, whether the attack instead targets one or of your duplicates. If you have three duplicates, you must roll a, a roll a six or higher to change the attack's targets to duplicate the. With two duplicates, you must roll a eight or higher. With one duplicate, you must roll a eleven or higher. A duplicate's AC equals plus 
10 plus your dexterity modifier. If an attack hits your duplicate, the duplicate is destroyed. The duplicate can be destroyed only by an attack with hit with hits it. It ignores all other damage and effects. The spell ends when all three duplicates are destroyed. Okay. The future is okay. All right. I'm. I, we'll, we'll handle the rest of it whenever we attack you or something. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a novel of a spell description. <laughs> Thank you. He's got a long description. All right. So Eros, in the middle of this world, in this thing, takes a second, breathes unto himself, and then produces three du- two two duplicates. Uh, three. Three. Three duplicates of himself. So now there are four arrows standing and shifting around. So if I do Shield of Faith, would that increase their AC too? I've you got to remind me how Shield of Faith works. Shield of Faith increases. No, you could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you um you wouldn't be able to do Shield of Faith this turn. Oh, that was a bonus action. Can't do a spell. Yeah, but you can't cast oh, a yeah. bonus action spell an action mm-hmm. spell in the same turn. Okay, I get you. And then I shall pass. Well, not pass, but like, I'm done with my turn. Alrighty. No, Shield of Faith wouldn't apply to them. You'd okay. have to cast it on all four of them mm-hmm. and their okay. illusions, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I, I get you. you. Mm-hmm. Alright, Jack, it's your turn, buddy. Cool. Aegis Cubius. Would shutting the gate and barring the gate be two separate actions? Uh, shutting, pushing it closed would be a free action. Barring it would be your one act, would be, would be an action. Okay, I want to push the gate shut. Okay. And uh, then shout, Arlo, can you seal this gate to make sure no one can get in? (laughs) On my way! (laughs) (laughs) And I want to move towards... Um, Can I get... Is there any way I can get like a somewhat meta character assessment of Kate? Like, does she look pretty formidable? Does she look like she can handle herself here? Yeah, she looks like a straight up huntress. She's like freaking Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, perfect. Then in that case, well, she's not gonna do as much damage as y'all do because y'all are some beef masters. But yeah. I cannot do any damage, Bailey. Orlo's lean beef master. Let me see. Says the guy who summoned the Fire Lord. I hope. <laughs> I hope people do more damage. Right. He will forever be known as Hot Boy. I'm just saying. Hot Boy, check it and see. Oh, you got a fever of a hundred. Jack Nabbit. Okay. Then I want to. Uh, kind of run to the middle of the Arlo Grim Kate triangle if I can. Uh sure. Beep. Will that put me in 30 feet range of all of them? Sure. Okay. Then I would like to cast bless. You bless up to 3 creatures of your choice within range. Uh whenever a target makes an attack roll or saving throw, they can add a d4 and add that number to the attack roll or saving throw. Perfect. Cool. And I will target uh, Eros. You don't really attack stuff, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I will target Arlo, Grim, and Kate. Okay. So they say that one more time for me. Add a D four to checks, whether it's attack All roll right. or saving throws. Nice. Okay. I hope people will take. Okay. I hope people let take. How many checks can you do that for? Until the spell ends. 
How long does it last? One minute. Perfect. All right. One minute. I'm just writing that down because inevitably we will have to finish this next week. Um, all right. It is the fire elemental's turn. I think it's as many times up. It says when a target makes an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends. Perfect. I guess that's how it works. I'll take it. All right, cool. Until we have like viewers who know more better than we do, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm waiting for that moment. One day. One day somebody will watch this show and listen to this show in- intently and tell us what we've done wrong. I want the comic book guy from The Simpsons. No, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. I do, I do look forward to our first actually... Right. <laughs> um, okay, what what what's the fire elemental going to do, Josh? A lot of stuff. Everybody, strap in. This is gonna this is gonna be wild. All right. So he's he like awakens from this fire. Yeah. And he surveys the land about him, notices the little building he's not supposed to burn, and then he begins to move. Question for you, Josh. Yes. Is this fire elemental only possible because I put campfires in this place? Yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and guess what? He's here to play for a whole hour. <laughs> Wonderful. Right. As long as you maintain concentration. Right. No. Um. It stays. He just loses yeah, it, control of it. Yeah, I just <laughs> lose control of it, and it becomes hostile. <laughs> So that's why I'm trying to be very zen and stay out the way. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why he gets a D4 extra on saving throws. There you go. Yep. There you yep. go. All right. So he surveys the the uh, area about him, and then he begins to move. He's got fifty okay. feet of movement. Keith, do you want me to summarize everything here? Because it's like a novel. Please do. We're about to finish up. When he moves past something, it burns. When he okay. stop, when something stops in his area, it burns. When he touches something, it burns. Okay. Okay. So he is just going to. I. You know what? I'm going to do. See where like number one is like uh, just a little bit south of where he is. Yep. He's just going to roll on through number one boy. Just roll right over him and ignite him. All right. Is there any sort of save? Is there anything that he, number oh, one can do? God no, no, nothing. There ain't nothing okay. he can do. This is this is a living fire. All right. That has just walked through your life. Okay. So uh, he will take uh, one d one d ten of damage. Okay. Um, he got lucky. That's a two. But he is also caught ablaze. All right. So, so he unless is... he takes an action to try to douse the fire, he will yeah. also take an extra d ten every turn thereafter. All right. So he takes, understood, he takes two damage for now. Right. So um, he's just going to, he's going to dash. So he's got a, a hundred feet of movement and uh, he's just going to make the rounds to as, as many people as he can. So. All right. We'll say a hundred feet, a hundred feet I, if I'm he thinking, wants. like he'll go through one, three, and then maybe end up over there by Jack somewhere. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so no, yeah, if he, if he does a hundred one, he'll hit one, three, and then end up kind of between you and the gate, though. That'll work. All right. All right. Everything between him is also caught on fire. All right. I'll depict that for you. There you go. 
Arlo, you might not want him to get too close to the gate. Well, I'm going to have him stop over there by three. Because he, he ain't attacked. Well, no. Can, can you dash and attack? Uh, no. All right, so he's just going to dash this turn. He's just going to dash it up. Okay. So, yeah, there's some things that are on fire now. Um, roll damage for number three. Yep, so he's just going to he's gonna hang out with number three. That is his buddy now. Um, damage is going to be three. Dang. Okay. So I, I'm okay with letting this run this way. I think if you lose concentration, tr- control would just transfer to me, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Number three is on fire. Number one is on fire. They're both screaming, Oh, someone ring the bell! We need help! Fire all over them. Um, and that will end the surprise round. And at the beginning of all of this, when all the commotion was happening, no one heard the door to this this little stable garage area um, open. But it did. And standing in the doorway of this of this garage now, behind him, you can see the wagons. Behind him, you can see these things, and uh, you can see him casting a shadow in this door that has slid open. It's a big, bad boy. He's very large. He's, he's, he's of grim size, possibly even larger. He wields a big old great axe, and he looks very, very angry. He's got a braided beard, um, and in his hand, he holds a single stick of dynamite and the fuse is lit Hmm. and that is where we will end today's episode of dungeon boys everyone wait how you feel surprise round you sure did nope hold on kate kate did that right before that (laughs) i want to shout to kate kate latch the gate all right kate turns around latches the gate she turns around, kicks the latch of the gate, it falls down, and then she turns back towards thug number four, knocks an arrow, and looses it out of her bow. Add a d4. Um, it, she hits, okay. anyway. Um, and so she's going to do... If I can find the right... Die. Dang, girl. You get it, girl. She's going to do 10 damage to thug number four. The arrow sinks directly into his belly. He screams, Ah! We're locked in! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, as soon as he says we're locked in... Uh, that's when the big boy walks out and he's holding a single stick of dynamite and in, and he says, yes, you sure are. And he rears back ready to toss it. And that is where we're going to end today's D and D dungeon boys stream. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Dungeon boys. How are you? 
that was, was good. good. I like that one a lot. That yeah. was okay. good. I feel like this is one of our most accomplishing uh, episodes we've done. I feel like we got more done this time than we've ever gotten done in one episode yeah. before. <laughs> That's possible. Story. Um, I hope you had fun. Yeah, Hale, we did have a, a bit of a... Well, not really late. It's only 10.03. So we're shutting down now, though. Thank you so much to everybody who listens to the podcast. If you listen to this in podcast form or on YouTube, I'm begging you to leave us a comment. Let us know how you feel about the show. If, if nothing else, think of us as starving artists who are just dying to, to hear what you think about it. Especially if you're someone who really likes it, you know? We're we're out here we're out here toiling on the loom on a weekly basis. Our fing working our fingers to the D and D bone. Or if and you really we, hate it, we we want to know why. <laughs> yeah, if you hate listen to it, please tell me why. A recent TikTok of mine might bring that people in. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Leave us a review on your podcast app if you like. Um, check the link in the podcast description for ways that you can keep track of me on social media. Um, and one day when the rest of these guys decide to do social media, maybe they'll do that too. Um, but for now it's me. <laughs> on the internet. Um, so anyway, we also stream games all the time. So come check out tank media games in any fashion. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember that we love you very, very much. Bye-bye. Toodles. Bye. Peace. Later.